Jehovah, Michael, see yonder's matter unorganized. Go ye down, and organize it into a world, like unto the worlds that we have heretofore formed. Call your labors the first day, and bring me word. It shall be done, Elohim. Come, Michael, let us go down. We will go down, Jehovah. Good evening, everyone. How are you, Mr. Real? I hope you're okay with the little intro there I created. Well, when you said that you had a surprise that you thought was going to be funny, I had no idea you'd gotten a piece of audio from the Temple Endowment. Yeah, that was just me uh, reading the script and just doing a little editing. But that was a lot of fun. Uh, we will go down, Jehovah. It, uh, you know, a little thing from Adam there at the end. So anyway, ton of fun. I'm sure I'm not the only one who felt the spirit. Well, <laughs> It, it, for the believers watching, I hope that we didn't take anything that was sacred not to be revealed in a, uh, as a promise or a covenant. So we should be good to go. Those were the things that I think we were perfectly okay in sharing. Yes, I don't know why anybody would think that. How's life treating you? Fantastic. It's been a crazy day. Yeah. New stories have been going up and being taken down right and left about Elder Ballard. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to give the audience just a quick heads up as well. Great episode you did today, by the way. Uh, check out uh our youtube channel the newest episode just before this one that we're doing right now is radio free mormon talking about a little bit of a discrepancy between uh the church's statement on how it handled uh tithing records in terms of OUR and Tim Ballard and what some of the insiders of OUR have to say about that that seems a little different Mm-hmm. As, as horrible as all the sexual harassment and sexual even abuse allegations are, I have long thought that the most important aspect of the story to me, because of my fascination with Mormonism, is the involvement of Elder Ballard with Tim Ballard and the obvious fact that September 15th statement by the church denouncing Tim Ballard, the goal was to put as much distance between the two Ballards as possible, which made me immediately think, that they really weren't as far apart as the statement would like the reader to believe. Your intuition is usually quite on, and uh, it appears to be the case on that one. I did want to give the audience just a quick heads up. Uh, we got a great show tonight. RFM uh, has uh, uh, some guests that we've had on prior, and RFM, we're going to revisit that, and uh, you've got a great show planned for us. I just want to give a heads up for next week's show, just a quick little note. Uh, we're going to be talking about the life of Moroni, and I just want to uh, make a mention that folks who are going to tune in next week for the show, uh, bring a, a bottle of alcohol. We're going to have a little drinking game that goes along with next week's show as well. And so I will I will note the rules of the game at the beginning of next week's show. But if you don't have anything sitting in the cupboard, maybe a little, little uh, gin uh, and tonic, maybe a little rum or something to, to have sitting by the desk so that you can play along with the rest of us. Anyway, that's all I've got, my friend. Okay, very good. Yes, we'll talk about the propriety of having a drinking game during that subject matter after the show, Mr. Real. <laughs> so um, let's go ahead and let's talk about 
episode 145 because it was two months ago that we had on the show in an episode titled um, Shunning by Decree, the Lochners. There's Sarah Lochner and her husband, Misha Lochner. And what we did at that time was we told their story, or they told their story, up to the point that we were at in time back then, two months ago. But things have continued to unfold. And by the end of this podcast, you'll know why it's titled Excommunicated in Absentia. Can we bring the Lochners on the show? Yep, let's do that. Actually, I probably could do that now. I have power. You do. I finally got the power to do it, and I don't even know how to exercise it. It's atrophied within me. Almost Hello. Like- There's Mitya. Mitya, hey, how are you? Hi. We're great. Thanks and for having me. Sarah, you. without an H, how are you? That is correct. I'm great. Thank you. Okay. Well, what I want to do is to take mm, five, ten minutes max just to recap the high points of what happened in the last episode. If you want all the details, and believe me, it's a great show. I think it has around 16,000 views now, which is a good deal for us. So we're going to recap that so we can take it from the point we left off and then continue with the story. All right. So put this on the stage. And oh, that's at the end of the slides. I can go here, go up. (laughs) I have absolute power. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Hey, wait, I didn't do that. See, there's a gremlin in the machine. A ghost in the machine. I think it's a gremlin named Maven or something. Maybe it's just a pixie. So anyway, the timeline was this. It was the end of April. This is all this year. And basically what led up to it is that, you know, uh, Sarah, Micha, um, they met over in Slovenia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Slovenia. And uh, Sarah served her mission there. Uh, Micha lived there. He's a member. He was actually a branch president for a time over there. Mm-hmm. And they, they ended up and they told their story in the first episode. Uh, they get together. They get married. They come to the States. They have children. And they live in Pleasant Grove. And as such, they're in the Pleasant Grove stake. And little did they know that they then became under the jurisdiction of the man who would be king. Brian <laughs> Morgan, who is the stake president of the Pleasant Grove State. Okay, and we'll be talking about him too. So the timeline, it starts now at the end of April. You know, meech uh, has been learning things about the church. He's been going down the rabbit holes that most of us know so well. And COVID hits, he's got extra time to study. He doesn't have to go to church so he can find out more things. Now he's got a lot of questions. He's got a lot of issues. And at the end of April of this year, state conference, Micha stands up every time, I think from President Nelson all the way down to the state president, which he may have taken personally. Uh, You stood up, you raised your hand, and you said, I oppose. And then you sat down. And we saw a little bit of video of that on the last show as well. It wasn't anything yelling or shouting, okay? And that's the part that we have the video of. But it goes on because after that, there's a meeting that he's asked to attend. I mean, there was a a 70 at the meeting whose last name was Jenkins, I think. I reviewed last week's, uh, not last week, but the last episode from two months ago. Jenkins. Jenkins? Jenkins. Oh, I I thought you said Jenkins. Okay, Jenkins. Well, I'm glad we've got his name right. He was there in the meeting as well afterward with you and it lasted for a while and no resolution was reached june 4th now comes along it's fast and testimony meeting Micha gets up he has a written out testimony that he's going to present 
Um, the first part is probably just very nice and very vanilla Mormons uh, stuff. And then it takes a, a shift when he starts talking about uh, his feeling that um, you can't trust the leadership of the church, that they're not trustworthy. And then the mic got cut off and the ward bouncer. This is the episode where I learned about the calling of ward bouncer. I'd never heard that one before. Comes up and tries to strong arm you off the stage and you're not having any of it. And you're saying, what's going on? I mean, why am I being cut off? And so finally they ended up saying, okay, we are stopping church. This meeting's over. The next meeting we're not having. Everybody go home while we have to deal with Misha. And so after that, there was um, some talk, I think in the parking lot. And then another month goes by. Your brother is visiting from Slovenia mm -hmm. and he's going to go in and he's going to bear his testimony. I know you'd gone up on the stand already as well with other people, but he got to the, the stand first, not the stand, but the microphone. And I think that what had happened was he was starting to talk and bear his testimony and he made a reference to you being his brother. Mm -hmm. And then boom, his microphone gets cut off. And because he's your brother, you took that probably not even as well as you took it when your microphone got cut off because it's your brother now who's being um, treated this way. Younger brother. Ooh, ooh, younger brother. You know, I didn't know that. And that's a really interesting and important detail. Yeah, your younger brother. So then there's voices raised in the chapel. And I think you are walking away and you're saying, shame on you, shame on you for cutting yeah, my brother off. Right. Okay. And so um, there's a meeting with the state president there. Then oh. mid-July now, police are sent to your home to notify you of a trespass order. Yeah, the cops show up at your doorstep. Hello, is Misha there and his brother? Yeah, I listened to that story again just uh, today. It was very, very compelling in part one, episode 145. Now, uh, and the police tell you, you know, we we got this message. There's a no, con not a no contact, but a no trespassing order that you can't go on any property owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And Mitra wants to know who uh, is the one who gave the police this message. They, they begged off on telling him. So Mitra calls up the phone, picks up the phone, calls his friend, the bishop, and says, did you do this? Because we got the police over here telling us we can't come to church. And the bishop said, yeah, he was the one who did that. And the bishop says, well, and by the way, you'll probably be getting a letter from church security here in a few days as well. <laughs> and so you do. And you got the letter from Curtin McConkie. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now let's just go to that letter because we are almost to the point, almost to the point where we broke off last time. Mm -hmm. And then you'll catch us up. This is the KM. KM for Curtin McConkie letter, July 8th, 2023. That's what it looks like in Toto. That's how lawyers talk, talk. <laughs> and we have it in close up. Mr. Lochner, we represent the Lollipop Guild. No, we <laughs> represent the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The church. This letter is to inform you that you are prohibited from attending any meetings or entering any property owned, controlled, or associated with the church, wherever located, including but not limited to the church's chapels, stake centers, seminaries, institutes, headquarters, temples, mission homes, etc. You are also prohibited from contacting any leader, volunteer, missionary, or employee of the church, whether by phone, electronically, in person, or via third party. And we talked in the first episode about 
This covers everybody in the church. Who in the church is not a, an employee or leader or volunteer or missionary? Every member a missionary. This thing is so broadly worded that they are trying to tie you up like a Christmas goose so that you can't go anywhere or talk to anybody, especially in freaking Pleasant Valley or Pleasant Grove. Yeah. You know, Valley, I mean, everybody's Mormon, I, ex I expect, or at least almost everybody is. And uh, I mean, do you have to ask them if they're Mormon before you have any contact with them to make sure you're not violating this order? Okay, yes. let me continue. The only exception to the foregoing limitations is that church leaders may reach out to you in the future to discuss a membership council. Their reaching out does not constitute permission for further correspondence, nor does it negate the effects of this trespass. And we talked about this and we'll talk about it more here in a second. Because when your stake president reaches out to you after this and says, come on into my office, I want to talk to you. And you say, no, I can't because the letter says, I can't. I'll be trespassed. I could be arrested. That's what the letter says from Curtin McConkie. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting ahead of myself. So let me just finish this right now. <laughs> uh, you are prohibited from responding to church leaders following any membership council. Yeah, these guys, total God complex. I mean, even worse than most lawyers. Your immediate compliance is required. Hmm. If you come onto the property described above or contact leaders, volunteers, missionaries, workers, or our law firm in violation of these restrictions, church leaders or our office will call police and you may be subject to arrest and prosecution as well as additional restrictions for trespass and harassment. Sincerely, warm regards, <laughs> Curtin McConkie, and nobody signs it, right? Okay. There's no address on the uh, letterhead. There's no contact information because we've already told you, you don't be contacting us. You know, this is a one-way street. The communication goes one way, us to you. You call us and we're going to call the cops. Okay, so that was followed by your text, Mitya, mm -hmm. uh, with the stake president, September 7th, 2023. So a bit of time has gone by. The rest of the summer's kind of gone by. But now he wants to talk to you. Hey, Bill. Bill? Yes, sir. Are you there? And could you read this? This is from the state president, Brian Morgan, Pleasant Grove Stake, Utah, to Mecha. And it was Thursday, uh, September 7th, 1.33 p.m. Hi, Mecha. Hey, brother. It's President so-and-so. And that's Morgan. Yeah, Brian president. Morgan. President it's Brian Morgan. I wondered if you would have time to just come in and visit with me on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Just you and me. I feel bad that we've not had time yet. I've been super busy but I would love to understand a little better your feelings and help you move forward. Notice he doesn't say what it's about, and he doesn't say that it's actually to talk to him about getting his little self excommunicated from the church. So, Mecha, you there? Okay, now this is your response. On the left shows your response, which you sent along with a picture of the Curtin McConkie letter, okay? Yeah. And on the right is the entire blown up mm -hmm. text that you sent. Are you okay reading that, Mitra? Absolutely. Hi, Brian. Happy Friday to you and your family. Thank you for inviting me to come in on Sunday. But since it's not a membership council, I don't think I'm allowed, don't you think? I will talk to you outside the office like Mitya to Brian. No white shirts, no ties, no titles. Show up as a brother to brother. There is absolutely no resentment on my side. I try to follow Christ always. Sunday at one works for me under the above conditions. With Christ's love, M. Okay. Well, this all sounds very cordial. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. 
Okay, so this is now um, Brian Morgan, the state president of Pleasant Grove, responding. Are you there, Bill? I can do it. This? Good. Nietzsche, thank you for responding. You are, of course, allowed to come visit with me in the stake president's office by my invitation. The purpose is to actually discuss the need for a membership council. I'd like to listen. Thank you for agreeing to meet with me. This will be in between a few of my duties on a busy Sunday, so I will be in my white shirt and tie. Please feel free to come dressed as you like. I look forward to our visit. Thanks so much. And Mitya. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for clearing it up. So it is on the topic of my membership. I will joyfully attend. See you on Sunday. Okay. So two things I want to point out. First off, the stake president has absolutely no problem inviting Mitya to meet with him personally in his office at the church. Mm-hmm. And that is what was arranged and then it's going to be changed now. It looks like it's arranged now. Okay, but that's the main point. He's got no problem meeting with Michi. He's not scared of him. He's not concerned about him showing up and being unruly or, or crazy. He just wants to talk to him mano a mano. But now, the second point is, is that I got wind of this, and I started going, auga, auga, and the red lights were flashing. And I said, wait a second, wait a second. Do not go to, on church property. Because, number one, the letter says that this exception in the paragraph saying you can't have any contact with church leaders, well, they can contact you if it's about, you know, uh, a church discipline, right? And that's what you were responding to in your first text to him saying, I don't think I can do it. He says, oh, by the way, oh, yeah, that is actually what it's about. He wouldn't say it in the first one, but then you pushed it out of him and you got him to say, yeah, oh, it is about, you know, excommunicating you. Sorry, I didn't mention it before. It sounded like a friendly chat the first time. And then we have the fact that he is trying to say that he can waive the restriction in the letter. Because the letter says, yeah, they can contact you, but it specifically says it doesn't change the trespass condition. It doesn't change that at all. Mm -hmm. It's still in effect. So if you go there... You're in violation of the letter, and you can get arrested and charged. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is, is that the state president thinks that he can change the terms of a letter written by Curtin McConkie, and he cannot. The yeah. state president does not own the church building. Curtin McConkie represents the guy who does own the church building. All right. So we talked about that. And that was when we had a quick conversation. I was able to get a hold of you. I said, look, you don't want to do this. Don't do this. I did say, and I want to repeat it here. I don't think that President Brian Morgan is intentionally trying to lure you in in order to say gotcha and call the police. Okay. I don't think that for a second. But, but there's no need to borrow trouble. And what ends up happening is that tempers flare, people get in an argument, somebody calls the police, and all of a sudden now, they remember that this letter actually didn't authorize the state president to waive any of the conditions, mm-hmm. all right? So best to avoid that altogether. So this is what you respond with after having talked with an attorney. Can you read that, Micha? Yeah. Brian, I'm letting you know I will not be coming in tomorrow. I have consulted my attorney who has advised me not to go on any church property unless advised in writing by KM that I may. 
As we both know, you have no authority over Curtin McConkie's decree. My home is always open for a place of discussion. And that's really nice that you said about, you know, your home is open. You know, it's not like every freaking church function or meeting has to take place in a church building when it's the bishop or the state president. Those kind of leadership meetings where they bring in members, it seems they always want to have it there, but it doesn't have to be there. It is not written that it has to be there. And in this case, it's obviously a good idea not to have it there. But I don't think that happens. Those burlap walls are depressing. Oh, my gosh. Aren't they really? The indoor carpeting running halfway up the wall in the chapel? Yeah, I'd bump into it once in a while and skin my elbow or something. Rough stuff. Allergies for weeks. I used to do that on purpose just to stay awake. (laughs) (laughs) No, a true story. Okay. By which I mean I made that up. Perfect. All right. So now that's what happens. That's the last thing. That's the last communication, right? Misha yeah. says, okay, I'm open to meeting in my house. And this was, uh, let's see, when was this? September. It was on Thursday, September 7th. Okay. And now we get to October 4th, almost a month later. Mm-hmm. Am I correct, Misha and Sarah, that there's been no communication between either of you and the state president between September 7th and October 4th? Is that correct? Meet just says yes. What do you say, Sarah? Yeah, there was nothing. Yeah. Okay. So all of a sudden, out of the blue, after a month, after the, you know, your state president says, hey, I want to meet with you. You say, okay, I can't because of the letter, you know, and, but I'll meet you at my house. He doesn't contact you. Instead, you get a disciplinary notice dated October 4th, 2023 by email. Yeah. Not two guys showing up. We'll find out why later. From Brian Morgan. Hi, Mecha. Oh, wait, Bill, you're you're President Brian Morgan, aren't you? Yeah, you should you should understand the line of priesthood authority here, RFM. I'm, I'm above you I'm in this particular Morgan. totem pole. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Mecha. Please see the attached letter with much love, Brian Morgan, stake president, Pleasant Grove, Utah Garden Stake. It's such a cheery, cheery little note he's jotted off there. What I wonder what could be attached. Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I keep forgetting. I'm in control. Here we go. So here is the um, the letter that is attached. And uh, yeah, this is from the Pleasant Grove, Utah Garden Stake Presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Boy, you know, at state conference, you just say the name of the stake and you're already out of time. But, right. Bill, <laughs> I, I know this was written not by the whole state president. It's written by President Brian Morgan, and that's your part. Could you please read this? I'm sorry, Sarah, did you want to say something? No, go ahead. You're fine. I feel like I'm running away with this. Maybe it's overly, overly planned. And I don't mean just to have you sitting there, but you're going to be, you're going to be saying an awful lot here in a second, aren't you? I'm saving my breath, (laughs) y'all. Okay. I just want everybody to know that the star (laughs) of the show is going to be Sarah, but the curtain has not risen on her yet. All right. That's not the case at all. Okay, Bill. I mean, President Morgan. Yes. Dear Brother Mecha Lochner, what's that? What's the word I'm saying at the end there? Beuts. Beuts. Easy for you to say. Just Just don't say it. Just don't say it, Bill. (laughs) Yeah, don't say it. The state presidency is holding a membership council in your behalf. The council will be held on Sunday, October 15th. This council will consider how you have 
repeatedly acted in clear and deliberate public opposition to the church. It's doctrine. Can you hang on just a second, Bill? Please. I'm sorry. This is what I love about this letter. This letter has so many absolute tells that mm. this is a kangaroo court. It, they're just going through the motions and that they're going to excommunicate you at the end of it. And this is why, because it says the council will consider not whether you have done these three things, yeah. but this council will consider how you have mm -hmm. done these three things. I mean, they have already reached their conclusion. Mm -hmm. Please continue, President Morgan. The council will consider how you have repeatedly acted in clear and deliberate public opposition to the church, its doctrine, its policies, or its leaders shown a pattern of intentionally working to weaken the faith and activity of church members and continue to espouse false teachings after having been corrected by your priesthood leaders. Given your recent behavior at church meetings, you are not invited to attend the council in person. However, okay, hang, on, hang on a second, hang on a second, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> okay, we cannot let that line go unremarked. Given your recent behavior at church meetings, you are not invited to attend the council in person, period. What did you think when you saw that, Misha and Sarah? Let's go with Misha first. It's just sad. Like, it's, you know, your civil rights are taken away, like, because I, what, I mean, misbehaved, like, because I was a little louder, like, and I know, like, whatever. We won't go into that. It's just... I mean, I wasn't even shocked because I knew where the thing is going, right? Where this train goes. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Sarah, what do you think? Did this yeah. line jump out at you like it did to me? Yeah, I. Um, Mitya is really good at just letting like water wolf his, you know, duck feathers. Like I just, I get triggered so easily by this language. The I feel like it's so manipulative because the reality is, if we go back a few slides, we see that Mitya had to remind him, you know, by your advice that. It's because of the letter he's not allowed to go, not because of his behavior. You know, the meeting was there to discuss the behavior, but not to keep him out because of the behavior. It's mm. like, guys, stop blaming it on him again. Take some accountability. He can't attend because you chose to send the letter and restrict him. It's not because it, of his behavior. It's because of your freaking letter. So, mm. like, have some accountability. But again, they he's so good at his manipulative behavior, or his language, to always throw it on Mitya, which just pisses me mm -hmm. off. No, exactly. The last we heard of him, by the way, I have to have you raise your right hand to the square and solemnly swear to tell the truth on this answer. There had been no communication between either of you and President Morgan in between September 7th and October 15th, receiving the letter. Well, yeah. this was in early October, but nothing? Nothing. Zero. No. Okay, because if that's true, and I believe you, but I have to ask the question. Yeah. He went from, hey, Mitya. I'd like you to come over to my office so we can chat Yeah. yeah. to given your recent behavior at church meetings, you're not invited to attend the council in person. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But not all is lost bill because he gets to, he gets to write a statement that could be read at the council, even though he can't attend himself. Mm. <laughs> How generous of them. Hmm. Given your recent behavior at church meetings, you are not invited to attend the council in person. However, you may provide written statements from yourself and from the persons who could provide relevant information. Following the membership council, you will be notified of the council's unified decision in writing. Brother Lochner, it is our sincere hope 
that this counsel will be an important step in you softening your heart, strengthening your faith in Jesus Christ, and returning to full fellowship. Now, I just want to note, we already know about uh, the apostolic charge, which is if, and we already know the Mormon sort of line that we all tow anyway, even at the local level, as mm-hmm. soon as the leader makes a decision, his counselors, are their job is to leave that room and support that decision as if it's their own. The apostles admit that even if they're not unified, whatever the majority is, they have to walk out of that room acting as if that decision is their own. We are trained from an early age that whatever your highest leader decides in that room, you all walk out of there sustaining that decision as if it's yours. So putting it in the letter means absolutely nothing. Anyway. And I see it as another tell. And I agree with your analysis, Bill. I think that's great. You're looking at a different angle than I was. I was just looking at this as another tell that this is a fait accompli. This is a star chamber and it is a kangaroo court, Brian Morgan. And you should be ashamed of yourself. He's not leaving it open for him to decide to excommunicate Brother Lochner and the other two to go against him. As you point out, it's in the letter because they've already talked about it. It's already decided. Yeah, it's all done. And they're not even going to bother having him present because what a nuisance. (laughs) They don't want to have him there. They don't want to have to deal with him. They don't want to hear what he has to say. Let's just do this over here. You're not invited. And so we can just do this in the easiest way possible for us. See, that's the easiest way possible for the state presidency, for President Brian Morgan to do this. It's a temptation that a lot of times we have when we have a job to do and it requires us to do something difficult. Mm-hmm. All right. But sometimes there's a temptation to want to cut corners and go around and avoid the difficulty. And here by difficulty, I mean the confrontation, obviously, with you, Misha. That's it. But oh, I was just gonna finish by saying, but the problem is, is that when you do that, okay, you cheat the system, you're cheating the person that you're dealing with who is a human being and has the right to be able to confront you. I mean, unless he's made death threats or pointed guns at you, and none of that applies to Misha, come on. You're happy to have him in your office in September, now October, he's public enemy number one. Yeah, So you cheat him, and what happens when you cheat people like this is that sometimes they come on Mormonism Live, And they get to tell the whole story of how you have dealt with them and let thousands upon thousands of people make a decision, their own decision about whether they agree with how it is that you dealt with the situation. And a lot of those people won't be in your stake, but I guarantee you, Brian, some of them will be in your stake. Some of them will be in your ward. And hopefully one of those people will be you yourself who watch this show. Okay. That's my speech. What are you saying, Sarah? I apologize. You're good. Did you say something to me? I'm sorry. What was I that? I thought someone was saying something a while back while I was ranting. Well, I was, you but like to. you haven't read the last part, right, Bill? The brother Lochner, like the last paragraph. I oh, brother, did. Did you? Brother Lochner, it's our sincere hope that this council will be in. Yeah, I did. I read that. And then I sincere. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. I was off. Like, but just a quick comment. As I'm reading this again, it says, Brother Lochner, it is our sincere hope that this council that is excluding me and I'm not there will be an important step in you softening your heart. So I'm not a part of something that should help me soften my heart. 
like it's it, it just doesn't go together, right? Like they're gonna soften your heart by there, proxy, pal. If I was there, there would be like <laughs> an option for me, right? Like to 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 just take something to my heart or whatever, like to humble myself more, as he's like implying, yeah. and giving me an option, but I'm not even there. And and it whatever. So, yeah. so like how it's, can the council have any influence on him if he wasn't even able to be a part we'll have a council right but you soften your heart right i mean right. what no, i think you're pointing out the over an instance of the overwhelming hypocrisy of this letter yeah. yes all right so here we go now sarah sends an email i just want to note really quick rfm oh, yes please him not being there is also a violation of the doctrine and covenants that it barring extreme situations, like you point out, somebody, some sort of physical threat, like that would make sense to all of us. But any disciplinary court, the person who is being uh, invited to the court is supposed to have a right to be there physically. That's the Doctrine and Covenants. Yeah, right, oh, yeah, you <laughs> Confrontation. It applies even in church courts, which in many ways are supposed to be mirrored. Not exactly, but uh, sort of patterned after. Uh, secular courts. Um, but now Sarah sends an email to President Brian Morgan. She sends it on October 14th, which would be Saturday, the day before the October 15th scheduled disciplinary council that they've said that they're going to hold. And Sarah, would you please, oh, I'm so sorry. Let me do this. This is crazy. I love being in control, but I can never remember that I'm in control. So it just sits there. Okay. <laughs> Subject, my husband's counsel, October 14th at 6.04 p.m., so the evening before. Could you read this for our audience, Sarah, mm -hmm. since you're the one who authored this? And you I do an incredible job in this. <laughs> I did not read the one reading it, but I will. I hope I uh, can get through it. So, uh, and just to preface, I did not plan on writing this before. And it just, day up, I just couldn't handle the injustice I felt. And so it wasn't like planned for a long time. Okay. President Morgan and brothers in the council. This is Sarah Lochner, Nitya Lochner's wife. You don't know me as you've never reached out to me or my family since the question was asked any opposed. And my husband answered, honestly, you did not reach out to me then, nor any time after, including the days after multiple meetings between you and my husband, after police were sent to my home in front of my children and even after a most nauseating letter from the church lawyers banning my husband from church property and people to feel to what feels to me as illegal degrees. How is it that when my husband was called in six years ago to be asked about how our family would accept, feel about, or even handle his acceptance of the calling of Brent president, both he and I were requested to meet together with the leaders, yet tomorrow you will be sitting together without my husband or myself discussing the matter of his membership which will of course affect the temple ceiling I lived my whole life for and once believed was eternal of eternal significance. You and the men present have never spoken to me and do not know the heart of my husband nor the love of Christ that he has. I was still to meet you in the temple when I was 28 years old. I lived my whole life in total commitment of trying to be worthy of a temple marriage. And now a group of men, meaning you, have the audacity to mingle your fingers in my marriage and family life and make decisions on our behalf without either one of us being there. Why can't he be there? Well, under your counsel, our local bish leader, Bishop, chose to involve law enforcement and a vile letter from Kurt McConkie Law Firm before a council took place where Mitya could rightfully and righteously speak for himself. 
as church leaders, you chose to go this route and take these actions in this specific order. In my mind, it makes sense that if someone is such a threat to the church or the other sheep in the fold, you would have taken church action within your own jurisdiction, meaning you, as a local shepherd, would have resolved it within the church, which could have involved a council, where my husband could attend and speak for himself, choosing to exile him by means of law enforcement and a disgusting law firm decree, banning him from church property, as well as banning him from communicating with people in the church before you excommunicate and excommunicate him speaks to me of your cowardliness. My husband is not a monster. He has been faithfully faithful to me in our marriage and to our family. Yes, some of his actions are difficult to understand, but when you listen with a sincere heart to understand where he is coming from, you may see he is simply doing what we have been taught our whole lives to do, to stand tall even if you stand alone, to speak even if your voice shakes. Just a reminder, before he spoke those damning words of having lost his trust in the LDS leadership, which resulted in an immediate mic turnoff, he spoke about finding Christ, getting baptized, getting married in the temple, bringing children into this world, and teaching them the gospel. He spoke about standing up for Christ. Is that such a horrible and ter terrifying testimony? If you have any softened part of your heart that sees how it is wrong on so many levels, even an American one, that a disciplinary council can be held without the presence of the ones it will be affecting, you will do all that you can to ask KM, Kurt McConkie, for special permission for him to attend his own council. If he cannot, then at least allow me, his wife, one who will also be affected by y'all's decision to attend. Mitya may have crossed boundaries and done things that were inappropriate to the customs of the church and may have made people feel uncomfortable. Even so, he does not deserve the treatment he has received. Stop blaming him for everything and take into accountability your and the church's part in this. Not only does that letter restrict Mitya from church property and therefore his family of ever attending together any event on church property, whether it be a picnic and hike at Mutual Dell or a wedding, funeral, family reunion, mission reunion, or even a family's baby blessing in a church building, but it also restricts Mitya from ever speaking to leaders, volunteers, which easily includes family members and even missionaries again. I've never heard of someone being excommunicated without being allowed to attend, let alone with an additional restriction from ever contacting members of the church in the future in the case of wanting to come back to the fold. What was his crime that was so vile he had to be exiled exiled before excommunicated? You guys got it backwards. Even the bishop, who ironically was the one to initiate it, I'm sure under your direction, agreed he did not deserve that severe of a letter. The bishop said he would try to undo it. However, so far, there is no evidence of him succeeding or even trying to make that happen. Maybe one of you can step up so that he can bring a little more godly fairness into this court of discipline. I do believe the way y'all are going about this is completely the opposite of how our Savior would have handled this situation and my husband. My heart is racing and at the same time broken, and my nerves have been anything but calm as I have seen all this unravel over the past few months. You've invited my husband to write a statement in his behalf. How does a letter to you and a group of men allow for honest discussion about my husband's heart and intention, as well as discussion regarding the accusations you bullet pointed against him in your email while you all will be sitting together in a room without him? In your email to my husband regarding the council, you ended by inviting him to soften his heart and come unto Christ. That is a beautiful invitation to us all. It does lead me to believe, though, that you don't know my husband very well. You don't know his heart nor his testimony of Christ. Both are beautiful. Try rereading the KM letter and see who needs to have their heart softened. You also said you hope this council will be a stepping stone in him returning to the fold and full fellowship. 
I guess I need to remind you that for the same reason he can attend the council, he cannot in the future ask to join the fold again or return to full fellowship. Read the Kurt McConkie letter again. Take to heart what it is actually threatening to my husband and family and do what needs to be done and have it to have it revoked. Nothing about that letter or how y'all have paved this path for my husband's counsel, in my belief, is Christ-like. Hopefully, you can take time to deeply reflect on how y'all are playing this game, leading these meetings, and messing with people's lives. If you do, it may be a wake-up call to you, as it has to me, that the loving God I have come to love and believe in all my life could not be behind this. With all this said and much more burning in my heart and soul, I firmly request to receive an invitation to attend tomorrow's meeting on behalf of my family. If not, I expect to receive a notice that the meeting will be postponed and that permission from Kurt McConkie will be received in written form stating Mitya has permission to attend his own council. This was written of my own firm will and not by Mitya's request. Sarah Lochner. All right. Sarah Lochner. What an, thank, <laughs> what an incredible, incredible letter. That's amazing. That's a powerhouse of a letter. And I just noticed that the last thing you request is an alternative, right? Either you should be invited to this council or you want to notice that the meeting will be postponed and that permission from Curtin McConkie will be received in written form stating Mitya has permission to attend his own council. Now, I'm just going to go a little bit out of order here because Mitya did write his own statement. And we're going to let statement, uh, Mitya read that statement here in just a second. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. But President Morgan answers Sarah's email, okay? On October 15th, 2023, he doesn't ever answer Mitya's email in which he submits a statement. And what does he say? President Morgan, are you ready to read President Morgan's response to that incredible email letter by Sarah? Am I reading it or will Bill read it? I'm sorry. President Morgan has to read this. We yeah, must observe the priesthood. I'll read it, but can I just add something really quick? You multiple times, Sarah, mentioned the injustice of him not being allowed to be there. I just want to note, Doctrine of Covenants, section 102, verse 16, last sentence, every man is to speak according to equity and justice. So there should be equity and justice, but it's more than that. Verse 18, in all cases... The accuser and the accused shall have the privilege of speaking for themselves before the council in all cases. Are you getting this, Brian? Are you writing this down? Yeah. Wow. So because Brian Morgan, the president of the Pleasant Grove Stake, has violated the scriptures. He yeah. has broken the everlasting covenant and he has contradicted the procedure. For these trials as set forth in the revelations of God. Yeah. But of course, they do that all the time, right? All, all of the church leadership with now having just a stake presidency instead of the, the 12 uh, high councilmen. I mean, the church has no problem breaking its own commandments. After a while, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> no. so in response, Sarah, how are you feeling right now? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm sorry, guys. I just been like... Sometimes it's hard just to like relive it all. And then at the same time, you see so many people giving so much love. And it just means so much because as you'll see, he just disregards everything. And that's how we felt the whole time, just being completely like non-existent to the world around us, to the people who are in control of all of this. And so any kindness we have received from people from the previous podcast and now live as comments are coming up, it just means a lot. So thank you so much. Yeah. I tell you, thank you. And we've got a great audience. 
And we've also got a great, we've got a great uh, President Brian Morgan impersonator here and the person of Bill Real. This is uh, Sunday, October 15th, 2023 at 1233. I don't know if that's AM or PM, but. Oh, no, that's that's PM. Okay. That, that's 12. Well, I don't know either, but I think it's 1230 in the afternoon. Right after I'm guessing. Do you guys know? It was afternoon right at church, probably. Yeah. Okay. So 1233, probably PM. So it's that evening. It's scheduled and he's responding only to Sarah's email in which she requested as an alternative, the second alternative to postpone it so that he can get Curtin McConkey to rescind that provision and allow Misha to attend his own freaking disciplinary council. Sister Lochner, thank you for your email. Your husband's membership council has been postponed until further notice. Boom. Okay. Now, what does that mean? That means that you moved him. I don't, I, I thought maybe, but then in the end, I don't know. <laughs> well, you moved him here. You moved him to action. You moved him to do something other than what he had planned. Now, I don't know. Maybe there was a special, I don't know if there's a football game that night that he especially wanted to watch. And so he said, we'll call it off. We'll do it some other time. But I choose to believe from the way this went down and the fact he responds to you and he's giving you one of the alternatives that you asked for specifically that he was moved by what you wrote to mm -hmm. postpone the council, which he did. But of course you made a lot of ac accusations, scurrilous accusations, I might add against mm -hmm. the good state president. And so he wants a chance to respond to those, which he will continue to do in the email read by Bill Real after we hear from Maven. Yes, I just wanted to point out this comment or this question from 21st Century Saints mm. for Sarah, wondering at this point, did you have hope that your letter did soften their hearts and they changed their minds? Um, changed their minds regarding the verdict of the council or that we could attend? Or having one at all since it was postponed. Yeah, I was definitely hoping my letter had gotten to them to some degree to reconsider and see how injustice it was that neither of us could be there. So I had hoped. Um, and when I saw this, I first was like, gay, they postponed it. But I wanted, I had hoped that they had seen in my letter that the second half, like either I am there or you get, or it's postponed. And I wanted like with written permission from Kerr McConkey, I wanted that to be like one package. Like you couldn't separate just postponing it without a promise that they would reach out to Kerr mm -hmm. McConkey. So I was happy to see it was postponed, but then it really bugged me that there was not another word. Not at yes. all of like, oh, it's on because of this. I wanted them to explain why was it postponed. Just tell me, like, is right. it because we're trying I will to tell you why. I will tell you why. Sarah, it's because you shamed him. You shamed that state president. You shame Brian Morgan. And he knows it's true. Don't you, Brian? I think you're right, by the way, RFM. Again, on, a, on at least a much more local level, having served as a bishop, there are times where your gut tells you the right thing to do. You go to the higher ups and you say, Hey, something's not right down here. Let's let's like, maybe we could consider doing this differently. Is there any chance guys, you could just do the right thing here. Yeah. And then what happens is that even when I went to a stake president and a stake president said, you know, I think you've got something. Let me go back and ask and I'll mm -hmm. come back. Mm -hmm. It was then when they came back, it was like the stake president had been moved elsewhere too. And he now knew what he had to do was get in line with the direction. Yeah. There's the right thing to do from below, and there's the loyalty thing to do from above. Mm -hmm. And the state president feels stuck in the middle. But at the end of the day, he's almost always yeah. going to choose to be loyal to the folks above than to be than to have integrity and do the right thing with the people below. 
Remember which way you face, Bill. That's right. That's what Elder Packer said. Remember yeah. which way you face. You do not represent the membership to the leaders. You represent the leaders to the membership. And we know that in the instance, for instance, when John DeLynn was going through the very first phases of talking to his stake president, his stake president decided not to move forward with what the leaders above him were saying. He was immediately released. A new stake president was called with the injunction that that be his priority, that he do what the leaders say and make that thing move along. Right. Okay, so can we go back? Oh, I, I, let me do this. I'll put it back on the last one. And we interrupted you. I'm sorry. Can you just go ahead and, and start from Sister Lochner? Because I, I just love hearing the stake president say, to Sarah that your husband's membership council has been postponed until further notice, by the way, don't forget the words until further notice that will become important later. Yeah. Oh boy, will it? Okay. No spoilers though. All right. This, Bill, go this ahead. got go ahead. sent just to you, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, it was just to me. It was just a reply to me. That means it's an obvious response to your message. It's an obvious change of direction based on you asking him to change direction. Sister Lochner, Thank you for your email. Your husband's membership council has been postponed until further notice, Notice, meaning he needs to go back up top and say, I don't feel good about this. And, and then we'll figure out you know, later on here what happens. But I think you really did move him. I think he did want to do something different. Um, oh, I think we skipped one there. No, I had gone too, but that's the right that's, one. That's the right one. You left state conference in April when Micha began disrupting the meeting with his noisy objections. When Elder Checkets and 70. I, yeah, Elder Checkets and I met with him after the stake conference meeting, we asked Micha if you would like to join us. We indicated our desire to have you join us. He declined in your behalf. Since then, I have reached out and invited Micha to come visit with me. When he met with me and my counselors on July second, we had asked him to consider the impact of his decisions on you and your family. Likewise, I understand that your bishop has met with you and counseled with you and Micha, he has heard you out and tried to minister to you when you have come to his home. Yeah, we're going to let you have the, the next word here. But, Sorry uh, what you're reading. but it's, uh, it's, Yeah, it's hard to hold it in. Is there something you wanted to say about that line? I know that's really, really teeing you off. He has heard you out. That Your bishop has heard you out and tried to minister to you when you have come to his home. Oh, yeah, that's like disgusting if you've heard the first podcast and what happened when I went to his home, I was like bawling my eyes out. And he just says, like, he's sorry. He doesn't feel our love or he's sorry that we, we don't, don't feel, feel his love. love. Yeah. And I'm like, we'll get to that response later. But I just was saying, he says, I understand that your Bishop has met with you and counseled with you and me that no, like we've never sat down with the Bishop together. That's true. That's right. Nope. So never happened. I mean, like we were friends before. So yeah, we've had like date nights and stuff, but we've never counseled together. Right. And that was friends and date nights with your bishop. Not, not until president. today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But we'll still know. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready to go on? Yeah. We can go on. Okay. You were not present when Mitya was so disruptive that the fast and testimony meeting he was in had to be terminated. And the other scheduled meetings for that day had to be canceled and the members of your ward sent home early. Nor were you present when he and his brother caused a similar disruption the next month, complete with Mitya's brother yelling from the stand and Mitya yelling from the back of the chapel. 
There too, Meech's behavior forced termination of another set of meetings. Several members of the congregation are no longer attending out of fear of your husband and his unruly behavior toward them and their children. It is hard to imagine how hard this all is for you. You are in our prayers. Hey, Meech, can I ask you, you know, what is it about you that makes people fear you and especially your behavior toward their children? Probably the fear they, they're possessed with. Like, I don't know. Like, for for two years. I think. For, I'm sorry. Were you being sarcastic? I wasn't like, I was somewhere else already. Like, Well, I was, I was pointing out these, these rather acerbic accusations that the state president is writing about you to your wife. And saying that uh, several members of the congregation are no longer attending out of fear of you, Mitya, and your, Mitya's, unruly behavior toward them and their children. No, the whole thing is like just a big lie. If we go from sentence to sentence, like nothing written here has truth in it. Like that, that's what like it just takes, I take off. Like, and it's, can I go like real fast, like through like sentences and just like tell what was not true? Like, I would have died to have had a meeting this this exciting. Like I, I would have been just just because this is the coolest, uh, most interesting thing that's happened uh, in, on a Sunday meeting for me for years. So and they got it in consecutive months. Yeah, no, guys, I got a twofer. Right, but seriously, like the first thing he says, like media was so disruptive, right? That is, so I came to church and I was disruptive. No, I came to give my testimony, right? And they turned my mic off because I said it always leads back to, to that point. Everything past that point is a game, right? Even before, like, that's how I realized it, right? Like, because I came and I, I, I sincerely wanted to testify and I had it written down and whatever, like, happens afterwards is just a game. And the thing is, he says, like, I was disruptive, but he turns my mic off, right? And I wasn't disruptive in the in the first meeting. Like I was just shocked standing there, and my my friend, the bouncer, right, tried to like get me off the of the pulpit, and you know, and we we slowly started moving outside the chapel, continued out out there. Like I was I was a little louder. You don't get to experience that they turn your mic off in the church that you served for for almost fifteen years. Um, and, and you're still with Christ and you're testifying of Christ, right? So just, yeah. yeah so, and a little bit more. Yeah. Testifying yeah. about Jesus and his lousy apostles. Yeah. He's a great guy, but boy, does he pick bad help. That Jesus. Okay. So let's go ahead. Let's go back to this. I'm going to put it back on the screen. And uh, had you gotten to you are in our prayers, President Morgan? He did. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. He has more to say. And he's going to say it really loud and proud here in just a second. Given Nietzsche's disruptive behavior in church meetings, he was not allowed to attend the now postponed council. However, he was invited to provide a written statement. So you sort of did win there. We all have a sacred obligation to provide a safe and edifying environment for those who desire to come together to worship. It is only in the very most extreme situations, like we have here, that a letter from Curtin and McConkie is sent. 
I will reach out to you in the near future concerning these matters. Okay, and again, I'll reach out to you in the near future concerning these matters. Oh, there's a little more. Sister Lochner, I continue to pray for Micha, you, your family, and now the many others that have been negatively affected by Micha. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> passive aggressive. It's backhanded. Oh my gosh, this is so. This is like a master class in passive aggression. Could you read yeah. that line? I'm so sorry. It just it was yeah. going so nicely, and then all of a sudden, it, the dagger just went right in the back. It's like he's trying to get a dig on Micha with oh, you. Yes. No, yeah, I'm like, you're talking about my husband. Like fucking sense, you know? It's just, it's ridiculous. Uh, Sister Lochner, I continue to pray for Micha, you, your family, and now the many others that have been negatively affected by Micha's unruly behavior. Ultimately, we desire all those affected to return to full participation with the saints as we gather together to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to strive to better emulate his perfect example, sincerely, Brian Morgan, stake president, Utah Pleasant Grove Garden Stake. And strive yeah. to better emulate his perfect example of passive aggression. <laughs> oh. Okay. Now, you know, we've got this now, this letter back to you, Sarah, and we went, we kind of skipped over Micha's statement that he wrote for the purposes of the council that was supposed to be held on October 15th before they postponed it in response to your email, Sarah. So let's go back here. Are you in good voice now, Micha? You're going to be ready to read this? Yeah, for sure. Okay, here. so here's your statement. It's October 15th, 2023, because you actually finished writing this and sending it at about 3 in the morning. Yeah, I couldn't sleep, yeah. Of course. So it's Saturday night into Sunday morning, and this is what Micha sends for use in his hearing. Micha? Dear members of the Pleasant Grove Utah Garden Stake, as invited to provide my personal statement regarding the upcoming membership council, I am doing so. First, I feel deeply saddened to realize that I'm not allowed to participate at the membership council to represent myself. I feel this as a violation of my rights as a member of the church. A Zoom meeting would yes. be an excellent option to bridge the no trespassing order that was issued on me from the local police department. I'm addressing your false accusations against me in the text below. I never publicly, deliberately, nor repeatedly acted in opposition to church, its doctrines and policies, except during the state conference meeting when I was invited to do so by answering the question and your post. They didn't mean it. <laughs> addressing and opposing are two different things. For months, I kept addressing my concerns about the church's doctrines uh, doctrines and policies to local leaders personally and felt overheard, dismissed, or not taken seriously. Talking to you and the general authority couple after the state conference, you, Brian, expressed your wish to talk to me more about my questions and concerns. This sadly never happened, even when you had suggested it again a month later. It wasn't until July when we met and heatedly exchanged our view on my acting in the sacrament meetings of June 4th and July 2nd, and with your invitation to me to comply with your conditions about my future in-church behavior. Which was you could attend, but you couldn't say anything. Yeah, Those were like, the conditions. I can't speak anymore, like come and worship yeah. peacefully, sit there and be quiet. Right. I just wanted to refresh the audience's recollection. That's what the conditions were that he was imposing on you if you yes. were to continue to come to church. Yes. Six days 
six days after with no communication in between nor action on my part i was presented with a no trespassing order from two policemen from the local police department and four days after that with a curtain mcconkey letter that you know of as well knowing the content of the letter i was technically exiled and ostracized along with my family left with no means of communication i I started using social media to address my membership situation and your manipulative ways of handling my case, exposing our communication from the very beginning on. Never have I had an agenda of causing con contentious circumstances to find the answers to the truth. If any of my public actions caused pain or suffer to any member of this church and those, um, and those hurt, seek my apology, I will do so as I did to some of the people already. You'd already apologized to some of the people. Yeah, I picked up the phone and, you know, from the second meeting, no, for the from the first um, uh, testimony meeting, right? Like, and, and I called, because we're friends, like we're, we were at well, their homes. I didn't know what happened before. They had their kids baptized, but it's a testimony meeting. I didn't know what was going on before, right? right. So it was, that's why it was controversial for them. And they thought like, it's just me having a, putting on a show, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. oh, go ahead, please. I'm sorry. I interrupted you just to clarify that point. No, I'm just going to add something because the kind of this sentence does go back to what you had asked, like, what had you done so much to make people so afraid and children afraid of Mitya, right? That's what he had accused. Ah. And multiple phone calls were made because I think in passing, when they had moved the conversations from the pulpit out to the foyer or outside, Mitya mentioned one family in passing saying, one day this child, and he may have said this child's name, will have questions. What are you going to do then? But that, like, because the little boy heard him address him as an example, I think they took that really personally and said that, like, uh, oh, you know, so that was kind of what he had done to make children afraid was that he had used their name as an example as they had passed him by saying one day he's going to have a, a question. What are you going to do? You know, are you going to thank you, Sarah, for reminding me of that? because that was also in the first episode with all the details and it helps us understand that the president isn't just making things up out of thin air. He may be characterizing them with a certain yes. slant right. and spin, yeah. but yeah. that is the factual basis. I'm sure for, that he's referencing. Yes. I think that is this particular one he was referencing in that letter, but just to remind, uh, not remind, but let everyone know Mitya did call that family and specifically apologize and explain himself saying that was not my intention. We love you. I mean, Mitya has reached out to people. No, now not as much just because he's not allowed to talk to anyone necessarily. Right. right. <laughs> that puts but a crimp in apologizing. I mean, honestly, Mitya, like if y'all know him personally, he's like one of the most like everyone loves him. Like he's okay. You know, I'm just, I love him. Bill, not, don't you love Mitya? I love you too. Right? Maven. He's very Maven's willing nodding to her head down there, making a little heart. That's so sweet. <laughs> okay i sorry. where where are we now um we're somewhere in this slide that's up here and this is the response or the statement by Mitya for use in his hearing october 15th which got postponed okay where, do you, you know where you are Mitya? because I've, yeah. I've lost yes as a father okay as a father and a priesthood holder of three children i consider myself highly responsible for the ways of teaching them religion and being a man of integrity not knowing the true history of the LDS church and its doctrines brings concerns to my heart and soul, knowing that very soon my children would be asking me the same questions and I would have to show up with no answers. 
However, I have been treated from the church officials. There is honestly no regrets towards any local leader. Being confrontational never is my way. Being true, honest, bold, and transparent always is. Going public was my only left choice to communicate the truth. Nevertheless, on more than one occasion, I was personally reaching out to meet in the non-church territory to continue our relationship. That's when you said, come over to my house, it's always open. Absolutely. Yeah. No matter how the verdict of this disciplinary membership council will affect my membership status, I promise to you that I will continue to ask questions in order to find answers to dilemmas that the actions of the LDS Church produced throughout its history and presence. I pronounce myself as an activist of goodness, righteousness, truth, and justice as I strive to follow the example of my Savior Jesus Christ and his gospel. I do so for me, my family, my friends, and all those who feel the same. With Christ's love, Brother Lachner. Very, very good. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Okay, so that was submitted. Presumably they got it. Presumably they were going to read it whenever they were going to have this council, which was postponed when well, at last we left. And let's go forward a little bit because now we've gone through President Morgan's response to you, Sarah. Mm-hmm. That started off by saying we're postponing, but he'll keep you notified. Now, Sarah's response to President Morgan, because Sarah is not going to let this go. Sarah is like a dog with a bone. (laughs) Well, I guess I had also just been, I mean, on the podcast is really when we first kind of both like got involved. I mean, all these months from April, I was very quiet in the background, you know, mm-hmm. like I just, it was more between me tonight, mm-hmm. my feelings regarding what he was doing. And that was its own roller coaster. So once I reached out to him and I got responded to, I just, it honestly, like when I got his email that Sunday afternoon, I still can remember the way he went through again, blaming everything on media. It was just very triggering for me. You so wanted to point I, a few things out. I, I responded in the heat of the moment, so please forgive my typos. And I've got to tell everybody, when I was talking to you about this a few days ago, you're telling me about these emails that you had sent. And you say, I don't know if we want to show them. There's typos. I'm writing it in the heat of the moment. I'm going, those are the ones we want to see. The ones you wrote in the heat of the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see what, I think we've already seen a little bit about what Sarah writing in the heat of the moment looks like. Let's see how these responses go. Well, the first email I actually took some time to write. This one I was just like, boom, sitting out, boom, sitting out. <laughs> As perfect example, my first two words are already a typo. I because I will. <laughs> <laughs> just go ahead and like, write. Say I will be, or I will I keep will. this short. I will keep this short, Here we go. which I don't. Um, as your manipulation tactics continue without any genuine love, and I didn't even address him, President. I just like went into writing. That's how no. frustrated I was. I didn't even say hi. Now, Sarah, mm-hmm. is it in the back of your mind, is it anywhere in your brain at all while you're writing this that you're addressing a state president? Yeah. So when I wrote the first letter, I I know, right? It doesn't look like I was. Manipulation um, tactics right off the bat. Yeah, I was done. I just couldn't believe. I mean, I don't know if y'all can remember what his response was now, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get everything in there. Uh for the record, I was shaking when I wrote the first letter. I honestly wanted to almost send another email saying, I'm sorry, President, I was probably a little bit too heated and I had to like hold myself back and not apologize. I had to stand my ground. So this time I just was letting it fly out. 
All right. I'll keep this short as your manipulation tactics continue without any genuine love because he's always saying love you guys. And I'm like, stop saying that. I left the meeting because he said I had left the meeting. Uh, not wanting to be mad. I left the meeting at state conference for a number of reasons, which you do not understand as you have not asked. One of them being, I couldn't handle the amount of shame that is thrown towards someone who is answering a question he is being asked. Mita did not have noisy objections as we have it recorded and it is barely audible. I can send that for reference if you wish to have proof. Because if y'all remember, he had accused him of being noisy in state conference. Okay. I was not there on those meetings, but the bishop, meaning the, uh, the testimony meetings where the mics were turned off. I was not there on those meetings, but the bishop wasn't either on the first, but he is allowed to have a say in what did or did not happen. Since the meetings I have since the meetings, I have spoken to other members present, not family related, as well as to the bishop to get a clear picture of what of what happened. There you go, another typo. Maybe Mitian said I did not want to be involved, but I'm pretty sure he, he simply said she left and is not here to be present regarding meeting with them. That day I was not ready, but that was also months ago and before quite traumatic treatment by the hand of the church was ministered to my family. Mitya has reached out to those who he was told were more seriously affected by his behavior, like we had mentioned. He has made calls to make peace and has even apologized to the degrees he can, considering the restriction he has received and being silenced. I am hurt to hear that you stand by the Kurt McConkie letter when not only it is, is it a most unsettling letter, but also one that can that even our bishop agrees is too harsh for what Mitya did. For the record, I don't believe you were there for any of those meetings either, so I really don't see the difference between the, valid the validity of your perspective and mine on it. Mm -hmm. As you'll remember in his response to me, he kept saying, you weren't there, so how do you know what Mitya actually did? So I had to remind him he wasn't either. You say the meeting is postponed, but you have not given any indication as to why and until when. Please do. And that was the end of my first letter. And then probably... A couple minutes later, I was like, oh, yeah, I have something else I want to say. Oh, <laughs> I, I forgot this. Yeah, I forgot this. Here you go, just... President. Okay, Fire so the next off. one. Okay, so this is one two minutes later. Yeah, probably about two minutes. And again, I need to remind you that the cam letter does not allow me to, to ever come back. Where in that do you see any mercy or Christ-like attributes? Mm -hmm. I don't think your prayers, because he kept saying he prays for us. I don't think your prayers for us can have any influence on him coming mm -hmm. back as he's been restricted from doing so, even if he wanted to, and threatened with arrest if he breaks any of his restrictions. Like, and then you sent that one. I'm and sorry. One. And then one Two more. later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I and forgot something like, else. I'm like the most annoying girl here, but I'm just going with it. Um, I am just loving Morgan. imagining President Brian Morgan of the Pleasant Grove Stake reading these emails from you and watching his face melt like the Nazi at the end of the Raiders of the Lost Ark. That would be kind of satisfying, but okay, I feel bad saying that. But <laughs> like, I'm afraid the complete opposite. I feel like it was just... There she is again. You know, but I tried. So here we go. Last one. President Morgan, please try to understand how hurtful it is to hear the word minister. Reference back to his letter. He had said that the bishop had tried to minister to me when I came to his house because I said no one has reached out to me in all these months. And he's like, well, the bishop tried to minister to you when you went to his house. Go back to the first podcast. I was bawling my eyes out because I had just gotten the letter. So and I went to his house. He never came to us. President Morgan, please try to understand how hurtful it is to hear the word minister as if that is what. Joel Bush, your bishop. 
was doing when, yes, I came to his house very upset, as I believe anyone would be. Ministering does not involve calling the cops on your friends, dropping off some scones for that same friend on his birthday two days later, and then shortly after also initiating a threatening letter that will alter the life of your friend forever, and then saying to your friend's wife, I'm sorry you don't feel our love. To me, that is the equivalent of an abusive partner hurting you, giving you flowers and hurting you again. And when you come to them in tears, bawling, they say, I'm sad they don't feel my love. This manipulative language is very painful. And I'm seeing it all around me in the church environment from leaders as well as loved ones. Okay. And by the way, there's a bracket around loved ones only because we change the language there to avoid it being too obvious about who is being referred to. Everything else in all of these documents are the way they were in the original. That's the only change that we've made for relational reasons. Mm -hmm. And that was the second and last, or the third and last that was of the responses. I think that's the end of it. You might want to, oh, no, I kept no. going. You have more to say, well, and it's good yeah. stuff. I never stop. You still have not asked to meet with me, but continue to blame that on my husband as well, which really irritated me. I am my own person and would appreciate it if someone came to me, directly to me, to be curious enough to care about where I stand, how I am doing, and how this has affected myself and my family. I've been called in by bishops over much more trivial chapters of my life. My heart is truly broken, as this church has been a part of my identity and home all the years of my life until recently, as I am processing all of this. And with every letter that we receive from the hand of the church, that heartache and pain only increases. So. I certainly pick up on wow. you trying to communicate like we're just two people. You're a person. I'm a person. Try to understand me at that human level. Yeah. And everything coming out of his mouth is I'm again, it's not, it's not like stern. Like I'm the priesthood authority. Listen to me. It, it's a very passive aggressive as we've noted, but it's like there, you can understand in the language that he's the leader who holds God's magic power and and Mitya is the person who's sinned and done wrong, and that relationship isn't balanced, and you can see that come out in every sentence of his. Whereas I see you going like, "I'm just a person, and you're just a person. Let's figure this out. Like, let's let's care about each other enough to figure out what's going on and to yeah. talk about it, see what can be done." And yeah. and for him, it's you're over there, I'm over here, and I'm in charge, and I have to fix mm -hmm. this. Yeah. Wow, what a great point, Bill. Thanks for pointing that out. We live a three-minute drive away from each other. Like, yeah. we're, like three you minutes. Stake president or you and Joel? Stake president. Both, both really. Both, yeah. actually. just <laughs> It's Utah. What am I thinking? It's northern Utah. Of course. Yeah. So, just, yeah, they're going to be pretty close together. So let's put this up here. And this next part says a surprising answer. Now, what ends up going on is that was all on October 15th, that flurry of responses from you. Yeah. on the date when the initial hearing was supposed to be held and then it was postponed mm -hmm. with guarantees of keeping you apprised and your request to know why it was continued and mm -hmm. or why it was postponed i'm using legal terminology um and yeah why was it and when will it be postponed until yeah. so that's october 15th now we come up to november 5th no there's been no communication in between and, and i believe what well, mm -hmm. i'm sorry so I just, yeah, just point out, he never responded to a word I said. Right. He never, yeah. ever responded yeah. to her. Once he had his say in the first response, he never responds to anything else. So we come now about three weeks later on November 5th, 2023. Mm -hmm. And here we have 
an email from Sarah, which I'm going to ask you to read. It's kind of brief, but it's asking for an update from President Brian Morgan. Yeah, it was just, you know, I just, President Morgan, it's been a number of weeks since I last heard anything regarding my husband's counsel. Any update, any word, we would appreciate some kind of feedback. Due to technical difficulties, Maitia needed to get a new email address. Please write me. Write him there or forward any mail you have recently sent to his previous email. We were worried that like he had sent something and Mitya just couldn't get it, right? Yeah. So, because, yeah. Okay, said, and that makes sense. You got to notify him of the new email address. Yes. Yeah. So and that sent this past Sunday. Yeah, this is now Wednesday that we're recording, November 8th, 2023. This past Sunday was November 5th. Mm -hmm. This is sent at almost 3 o'clock in the afternoon by Sarah to President Brian Morgan. And, and everybody... If you're dozing off now, if you're looking at the live chat, if you're goofing around over there in the live chat, stop it. Pay attention because this is the email that Sarah gets back from President Brian Morgan portrayed by Bill Real. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for your email. A membership council was held this past week in Mitya's behalf. He should receive a letter in the mail in the next few days, notifying him of the decision of the council. Warm regards, President Morgan. What did you think when you saw this, Sarah? I just like took my breath away and I just held my phone to meet his face. <laughs> so he could I, read it? I was just, yeah, I was like. Describe what happened. I don't know. I mean, we were just at home and just, I opened it. I'm like, oh, got something from open. I read it and I was just like. A week ago, it already happened. And I said, Mitya, it's done. We already did it without you. Like, they didn't even tell you. Because I thought he said, you know, until further notice. Like, we never got notified that there was anything. After promising further <laughs> notice to you, after your specific request to be notified of when it would be postponed to, he goes ahead and he pulls the chicken shit maneuver yeah. of doing it without you. This is State President Brian Chicken Shit from here on out. And I'm thinking, guys, sorry to jump in. No. Even if he even if he sent it to my old email that was blocked and like I couldn't access, right? Even there was nothing. Said, there was nothing. I Otherwise, he would have said it. Even he would like he would get notified, right? Am I right? It bounced back. Yeah. That it wasn't received, right? Right. Yeah. So, so he would reach out to Sarah and say, Hey, how can I get Meteor, right? Like or his new email address or whatever, because it's for for the matters of the membership or council, pick up the right? phone yeah the phone yeah. i'm Maybe. i'm just popping in real quick i just wanted to say i did respond to micha uh, a couple times and at first i thought it was it seemed like the mailbox was full and it, they said it was going to try to send the email again so i personally got a like a, a failure notice sending right. something so i know me too they would me have too. as well yeah yeah thank so. you Maybe. yeah because we were using his old email address from you know two months ago and yeah. it kept bouncing back, you know, saying this this email address keeps failing. So, yeah, we got notified. I got notified. Maven got notified. Presumably, yes, uh, Brian would have been notified too. Sarah? Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I just want to say, like, if I wouldn't have written, right, if we wouldn't have written together, because we decided together to write. I just happened to be the one doing it because Mitya was, like, with the kiddos. And I said, I'll, I'll go ahead and do that for us. And if, like, we had not written, we would have just... We would have found out by mail that they had the thing. They would, you know, right. he would have never like. I don't think he would have ever reached out to me to mm -hmm. let me know that it already happened. I mean, it was just no. It was just, that it was wasn't just, the plan. The plan was just have the meeting without telling anybody 
make the decision, write it in a letter, mail it to you. And Mm -hmm. now your hands are washed clean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so this email made me realize that maybe I didn't get to him at all on my first email. Oh, you did. You did. You moved him. You didn't change him, but you moved him. (laughs) I I mean, I hope, but I just feel like he, he still just completely disregarded all of my like most heartfelt concerns. I mean, I was like bawling when I was writing that first letter. Like I was, I hope he could feel that, (laughs) you know, I don't know that he disregarded them. He found a way to work around them. Yeah. And he did. Oh yeah, he did. He's a good soldier. All right. And so I find out about this. I think we're in communication. Was it on Sunday or Monday? And you had told me about this email that had come from Brian Morgan. And I was just shocked and astounded and wanted you to share the story on the show tonight on Wednesday. The only problem was you had not received the letter yet. It was in the mail. The letter's in the mail. And I was so certain, my apologies, Misha, that the result of the letter, what would be written on the letter was not, hey, we decided you're a good guy and we're not going to take any action. Nor would it be, hey, you're kind of a bad guy. And so we're going to put you on probation or disfellowship you. No, it was going to be, you are the son of Satan and you are hereby excommunicated from this church. And therefore, based upon that, I titled the show Excommunicated in Absentia. Well, there's more than one prophet in this church, and we're going to find out because yesterday, guess what should arrive in the mail? Strangely, yesterday is November 7th. The the letter's dated November 1st. I think the clerk forgot to put it in the mailbox or something like that. And here's the letter by the box tops. All right. So this is going to be the letter. And I think this is going to be read by President Morgan. It's two pages. And we've got close-ups. I think we've got close-ups of each page. Yeah. So President Morgan can read it. Dear Brother Lochner, a membership council. Sorry, sorry, Bill. It's bro. Oh, dear bro Lochner. Hey, that's kind of a. Hit. I couldn't believe it, isn't he? That is sort of the sort I'm sorry of interrupting. I just couldn't is it true that Brian Morgan's a hipster doofus? <laughs> hipster doofus. It, no, nothing. <laughs> Guys, okay. we'll let him get it in the live chat. I'm sorry. So, on so yeah. many occasions, I don't understand still the American culture of writing, like saying this, that, right? Like whatever the context. Mm-hmm. But like, dear bro, locked. I, I don't understand. Like, why is it not written out? Like, brother. Like, periods are in short supply nowadays. Brother. Okay, whatever. You only have a certain rationing of periods to use in any given letter. You can't even have the not even okay. the T H E R, but just the period was a bit. Too <laughs> or our other last name, which is super bro innovating, Lachner. or his. Was it, dear, was it dear bro Lochner? I can't even do this right. I think this bro. is the thing, right? Bro. Is this it? You know. This is a hip, <laughs> hip snake resident. Okay, hipster daddy. Bill Real, would you continue? Dear Bro Lochner, a membership council was held in your behalf on Sunday, October 29th, 2023. By the way, just before I continue, it seems so strange that he promised you he would reach out to you and he didn't. And RFM, you nailed it. If he had reached out, he's being called on the carpet for not reaching out. He would have obviously stated by the way, I did reach out. It was a week ago, and I don't. I'm sorry you didn't get the email, but I did. Right. That that's a common courtesy, and you defend yourself in doing so. Anyway, dear Bro Lochner, a membership council was held in your behalf on Sunday, October 29th, 
2023. The council was held in the spirit of love and fairness. You'll have to take our word for it because you weren't allowed to be there. By the way, this is the biggest laugh line in the whole letter, and it comes early. The council was held in the spirit of love and fairness. No. Fairness. Fairness. It was that line just. Brian Morgan, I don't think that word means what you think it means. Mm -mm. Oh, by the way, would it be too much if we could ask that um, the part of President Brian Morgan be played by Christopher Walken in this letter? Christopher Walken. Dear Brother Lochner, a membership council was held in your behalf on Sunday, October 29th, 2023. The council was held in the spirit of love and fairness. The purpose of this council was to determine your standing with the Lord and your membership in the Church of Jesus Christ. I can't do this forever. Hold on. Let's just... <laughs> It's not that long a letter. Yeah. Well, let me do, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's going to fall apart. So let's just. Let's All just right. All the right. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as a result of your continued apostate behavior, wow. the primary reasons why a council was held include repeatedly acting in clear and deliberate public opposition to the church, its doctrine, its policies and leaders. By the way, that's a repeat of the statement it's earlier, which is a direct quote of the church handbook of instruction. Um, it's an allegation right. devoid of facts is what I see. Yeah. And you can be, because he's quoting the handbook directly, not that he wouldn't possibly do that on his own, but you can also bet your ass that in the course of you having these communications with him and him postponing the council and going back to talk to higher up leaders, they're also delivering communication to him that is explicit about what rules we're going to follow in this and which ones we're not and how this is going to run. And what parts of the handbook, President Morgan, you better follow, and this is what you ought to do. Um, your demonstrated pattern of intentionally working to weaken the faith and activity of other church members, both in your current ward and in your home branch in Slovenia, you're continuing to espouse false... Wait, wait a second, your home branch in Slovenia? What did they do? Send spies over there to check on you? What is that about, Micha? It was my message, my sincere message sent out like, April 4th, 2022, um, to all my, you know, fellow members like in Slovenia and like with a warm heart, like just finding out that basically say we, we don't have that message. So I don't want to like paraphrase it or whatever, but like it started April 4th. That, that's what he's going back to, right? Mm. He was not a part of the game. At that point, we didn't even know each other. Like it's, it's, it's from a former bishop, right? before Bishop Bush that that I was called in to explain that message that came over to him from my district president in Slovenia. Okay, that's an important fact that I don't think we'd covered yet on either part no, one or this one. So this actually predates and, and it's an antecedent to all the action that's taken place that we've covered. Even before the first podcast. So. Yeah. Right, right. All right, well, continue. Yep. Uh, his uh, pattern of weakening the faith, both home and abroad. And uh, you're continuing to espouse false teachings after having been corrected by your direct priesthood leaders. That Michi guy, he gets around. Mm. He's a traveling man. Can I say a thing like to the last, yeah. like, like uh, correct it, right? No one was there. It was me and the, and the state presidency, right? Mm-hmm. And he wanting me to comply with what he's saying right i'm turning down his invitation to start reading the book of mormon from the first page on trying to write down notes and blah 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 
we're not even talking about Book of Mormon. We're talking about what this church is doing now, today, right? I mean, those are the questions. But of course, we didn't touch on those and those were not inter interesting for them, right? But I wasn't corrected because we didn't go into a doctrinal disagreement. No one touches the doctrine. That's the point. They, they, they will dismiss it right away. They will talk about your behaviors, right? I mean... I think he's meaning like your behaviors. You, they try to correct your behaviors, not your teachings. Well, okay, could be. Like, I don't know. Like, but yeah, it's not... No, it's, a, it it's about false teachings. Different ways, yeah. False teachings. Yeah. A, it, right, it, and these are meant to be vague so it can cover a great deal of conduct i think the most specific thing they have in there is about the home branch in slovenia yeah so um by the way i don't want to forget this because we're already halfway through this letter and it's just a, a ripping yarn it's a riveting read this letter um i just want to say i called it okay i know it wasn't hard but i called it it's totally excommunication for Micha. and what i wanted to ask Micha. Now that you're not a member of the church, is there anything ironic for people who go to the temple in Slovenia or go to a different temple and ask to see the endowment in the Slovenian language? It is like I represent the voice of, you know, someone in the in the temple, right? So you did the voice for one of the characters in the temple endowment in the Slovenian language. Is that correct, sir? Yes, I am. They have to listen to me, to this terrible apostate, now in exile, right? Yeah, and you're not some, like, you know, cameo guy like James or John, right? You're no, even no. better than Peter. You are, you're actually the voice of Adam. Isn't that true? Yes, it's true. So if you go to the temple and request to see it in Slovenian, the voice of Adam that you will hear is that of an excommunicated apostate member of the church. Yes. This and is you know the part in the endowment where he's been thrown out of the garden, I guess. Right. And you know what's funny? Hmm. That the same pattern is like, it's continuous. When I was going to the temple, like for the first few times, I was listening to voices from members who were excommunicated or were not members anymore. And I was like, why do I have to listen to him? Like, he's not even, you know, like, he's not like, why didn't they change the voice? Right. Like, why didn't they change the person? And they did. And then they fly <laughs> me out with the whole team to Finland to a studio, like which covers like all the, I guess, the European like countries. And we redid that. And now they'll have to do it again. But I think it won't be a big problem for a church because those oh, 200 plus billion dollars, they'll, they'll come handy, right? Yeah, well, I'm but glad you're just the voice of Adam. Stuff. It could have been the worst. You could have been the director of the endowment film. That is true. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. <laughs> Bill, can you put a fine point on that for the people from who are watching from Provo? Um, I don't remember the full story. And I don't remember the guy's name, but the director of the endowment got into some illegal trouble with something and little got, children. Yeah, and it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> I think. Uh, I his name. He's now in prison. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I I was just going to say it. That's um, if people want to, that's quite a heartbreaking story, but it's also really good. Um, it was uh, Sterling Van Wagenen that um, actually God is, uh, um, you know, well, yeah, sorry. Sterling Van Wagenen is the name of the guy. Um, he, uh, there was a Mormon stories on it. It's uh, I think I want to say it's Esteban. 
now now I'm forgetting now that I now that I popped up for it. But anyway, yeah, that Estibon. that whole thing is, yeah, I, the chat is going to help me out with with who it is. That did Van the Wagoner. Van Wagoner is the perpetrator. Right. But the yeah, his victim spoke out on Mormon stories and oh, well, so and that's why you're mentioning the name. Right. It is. That's why I'm mentioning it up. Yeah, it's, and so he was the director of the church films, and um, uh, I and they knew. So the, 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 I think again, this is not surprising when we hear about these stories. But the church leader is all, of course, handled in house, and it was all the church leaders. They knew about it because he did tell his parents. Right. So his parents knew right, right away. So this isn't right. something that like came up ten years later. This kid spoke up about it right away, and of course, um, you know, nothing was done, which is why he ended up speaking up again later as an adult, even though it had been mostly buried and people wanted him to just you know leave it in the past like move on kind of stuff he uh he thought there might be more besides himself so he decided to speak up about it and there was so so i, I think the statute of limitations passed for him but uh there was another victim who spoke up because he did and that's what got him put in jail that's what finally got him caught and actually mm -hmm. convicted Thank you so much, Sorry. Maven, for looking that up and sharing it with us. Um, and she remembered the name exactly, too. Um, Misha, that's what I meant when I said, better to be the voice of Adam than the director of the movie. <laughs> All right, we got to get back to this letter. No more Christopher Walken. How about uh, Jimmy Stewart? Could you read a little Jimmy Stewart next? the next part? Hang on. Because now I get to, the only reason I say this, try and keep it interesting. We know now he's excommunicated and everything else is the same old same yes. old yet? i'm yeah. sorry have we read that part yet no we're going to now okay this is where we're at right here i'm, I'm not yes. gonna do this let's just uh Dermot. i'm morgan freeman my favorite color yeah. <laughs> okay here we go uh given your recent behavior at church meetings you were notified that you would not be invited to attend the council However, you were invited to provide written statements from yourself and from persons who could provide relevant information. You and your wife, Sarah, both responded. Both of your written responses were read during the council and prayerfully discussed. Now, when he the, says prayerfully discussed, that means that we know that the answer they got is the one from God. It also is a thing, right? We all do as Mormons. We pray at the beginning of everything, and then we think that the entire thing is then prayerful. Yeah. Right. Well, did you pray or did you discuss it? Did you discuss or did you pray about it? You yeah. can't do them both at the same time. Yeah. Prayerfully discussed. The unified decision of the council was to withdraw your membership from the church effective immediately. Excommunicado. Right. It, the word has changed, but it still means the same. Withdrawing yes. a person's membership is necessary for those who do not demonstrate repentance of serious sins, including apostasy. Now that your membership has been withdrawn, you may not. Drumroll, please. Here's all the things that you don't get to do anymore, Micha. <clears throat> Let's Listen see. What to Listen to Brian and hear what you've won. Oh, um, uh-oh. May have been a late oh. night last night for Bill. Are you doing okay, Bill? I was. I was just trying to play the rim shot on your joke. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I thought you were like leaning over the garbage can. Yeah, just I almost I almost <laughs> Back to Heavenly Father there. <laughs> I know you muted it so we wouldn't hear the spattering sound. No. Let's go ahead and continue with the letter. Here we go. These are the things you can't do, Misha. You are not allowed to enter a temple or wear the temple garment. Exercise. Do you have your garment on right now, Misha? <laughs> because if you did, oh my God, you are you're flipping the bird to Brian Morgan right now. He told you don't wear the temple garment, damn it. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, you're incorrigible. No wonder you got excommunicated. I'm sorry. You're not ahead. allowed to exercise the priesthood. You're not okay. allowed to partake of the sacrament or participate in the sustaining of church officers. But you can participate in the opposing their sustaining. That's the good news. <laughs> you didn't cover that, Brian. <laughs> no. You're not allowed to talk, a lesson, or a prayer in church settings or to lead an activity in the church. You can't even go on the property anyway, so it's not like that's going to happen. You're not allowed to serve in a church calling or pay tithes and offerings. I'm always surprised they leave, they take they leave they put that last one in. You, I know in this church, you think they would just leave that one off and hope you still pay a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean that's the really bad news. I mean everything else is really actually pretty good news, but when you get to the last one, it's like woohoo! Yeah, it's ten percent. Oh, I'm sorry, what? just I, I have a comment here. Like, so the only different thing here written down is pay tithes and offerings. That's what I can cannot do additionally. Before they didn't write that down, right? But all the other stuff I was forbidden to do before. Right. Excommunicated. Is that by true? the decree that the state president was trying to exactly. impose on you, saying oh, you can come, but you have to zip the lip. You can't say anything from the moment you enter the door until you go out in the afternoon. You can't say anything to anybody, and uh, but you can pay your tithing. But now you can't. I still could have paid tithes. Now I'm yeah. taking you know that away as well. So how do you feel about that, Mitya? That you can't pay tithing anymore? No, I feel sorry for the church. Like I mean, they're running out of you know. I mean, I know they can't be. They can't afford to be so cavalier about excommunicating their tithe payers, can they? No, no, I'm sure not. The caravan is not certain to continue moving on. Yep. Anymore. Think you you no longer are allowed to contribute to the building of malls or the bailing out of life insurance companies. Shame on you. Yeah, you must hang your head in shame. All right, and there's a little bit more to this letter after we've gone over the things that you can't do anymore, Misha. Mm -hmm. Those whose church membership has been withdrawn can be considered for re-admission by a baptism and confirmation after a sufficient time to show a sincere change of heart, usually at least one year. You may appeal the decision of the stake membership council by writing a letter to the first presidency within 30 days. If you choose to appeal, you should deliver your letter by email or U.S. mail to me. Right, because we trust you now so much, President Morgan. Absolutely. It's the only channel. It's I ridiculous. Send it directly to the stake president. Cut out the middleman. He's going to screw you anyway. U.S. mail to me, and I will submit it to the first presidency. They will respond to your appeal if you choose to file it. And the whole deal is you've got a great basis for appeal, Mija, just based on procedural grounds alone. But the problem is it doesn't make any difference because they're just going to uphold it anyway. I mean, that's where the plan came from to treat you this way, from the people that you would be appealing to. That's how this church works. And what they figured out was, well, let's deal with Mija by, let's look at the playbook, uh, play 27, sub B, sub 2. We'll use that on Mija. And that's what they did. Or maybe they've created an entirely new play for you, which they will use on other people. Mm -hmm. And here's the end of the letter. It's bro. It is bro again. Dang, this guy nope. is hip. Yeah, it almost seems intentional the second time, doesn't yeah, it? Right? Again. No bro Lochner, there is much hope in the atonement of Jesus Christ. Just not in me. He's aware of you, and he loves you. No unclean thing can enter into the kingdom of God. Especially uh, but, you, Mitya. I know. Yeah, he doesn't seem to be including the top fifteen leaders of the church who have lied and deceived the membership over 
generation after generation up to the present moment (laughs) up to the present freaking moment yeah good point yeah no unclean thing can enter into the kingdom of god but i know that our savior jesus christ has made it possible for all to return to him if we will exercise faith unto repentance Repentance. which means coming back to church because of course in church speak and this is just standard mormonism if you're cut off from the church you're cut off from christ because they're one and the same Mm -hmm. yeah Sorry, uh, go ahead. All right. Repentance is more than changing our behavior. It is turning away from sin and toward Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. It is it kneeling, le- is bending the knee and kissing the ring, is what yes. it is. Yes, it is. It leads to a change of heart and mind. The opportunity to repent is one of the greatest blessings our Heavenly Father has given us through the gift of His Son. I pray that you will experience a change of heart and the desire to return to the covenant path. By the way, I, I thought that was interesting because that's new language. Yeah, it is. Mormonism of the 90s or the 80s or the 2000s. This is President Nelson stuff here now happening. Well, they had to come up with new language just to deal with the fact we're withdrawing your membership instead of we're excommunicating your ass. Yeah. He still uh, is not acknowledging that Metius still can't return. He's like, at least you can have the desire to return to the covenant path, but you won't be able to actually do it because you're not allowed. Right. And it's like, okay, you have a change of heart, Mitya. You decide you want to repent, come back to church. Who are you going to call? Yeah, you can't. You can't call anybody. Ghostbusters. Yeah, exactly. Ghostbusters. Right. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Yeah, we want to believe you. But who are you going to call? You can't call anybody in the church to tell them, hey, can you rebaptize me? Because then you've broken. The no trespass order from Curtin McConkie, which has no end date. Yeah. And I mean, on that note, even on the way up here tonight, we were chatting about whether or not he would even be allowed to even contact uh, the state president or the first presidency, because in the letter, it says even after that decision is made, you have no grounds of responding to the decision. So it's like in the KM letter, is Mitya, is it actually banning him from even addressing it to the first presidency? It's like even then he's still. It actually is. Actually appealing it to the first or giving it to him. Of course, he is requesting the contact. So I think that might fall into the exception because the letter's supposed to go to the stake president. Okay, fine, fine. Jeez. And look at the signature. Look at the signature by Brian Morgan. Did someone walk by and bump him when he was signing this letter? Or is this his regular letter? This is probably his regular letter, uh, letter signature. And I will tell you, I'm I'm somewhat of an expert in analyzing signatures, and this is the signature of a tortured soul. Yeah. And you can take that to the bank. Subconsciously, possibly. Absolutely. This Um, is the signature of Dorian Gray. (laughs) Hi, Maven. I, I I wanted to just put up a couple comments, and I think some of them I might have put up, but this is going back to the list of things that you can't do. Um, when telling you not to wear the garment is, I think a lot of people saw that was uh, as funny. I'm going to put this comment up. Uh, it says, "How dare they tell you what undies you can't wear?" And I just I thought that was funny because we we joke all the time about how in the church they're they're telling you literally like what underwear to wear but in this case even though they're kicking you out they're still dictating your (laughs) underwear it's true like i just thought this was a good point they are telling you you, what underwear you can't wear and then this uh comment after kind of it made an interesting point too if you've been a faithful member for a very long time and and that's all you have um i'll go ahead and read this is if you are a faithful temple endowed member you may no longer have any like regular underwear if you're (laughs) 
uh, forbidden from wearing it. So like <laughs> church is imposing going commando for X members, at least uh, for a while. <laughs> I guess we can get to the store. It's a great comment. And buy something else, right? But you know, the hut of the church, to, to, like oh, to follow ahead. up on your point, Maven, to excommunicate you, you are no longer under our authority or dominion. We cast thee out, Satan. And by the way, watch what underwear you're wearing. Because we have still have the authority. We think yeah. we still have the authority to tell you what kind of underwear right. you can't wear. You got to be kidding me, Brian. Who do you think you are? Well, I like this this comment here uh, provides a solution. You just cut the marks out and then you can still wear them. So there you go. There yeah, you and be quite fashionable underwear. too. <laughs> if not a bit, I don't know, chilly. But then the Freemasons are going to excommunicate you as well, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're going to get it coming and going. So you are free to laugh. Before we open up the lines, because I think that is the end. And actually, let me throw it to Misha and Sarah for any of comments that you want to make about this whole process, where you are now. I know, Misha, you have had uh, excommunication thrust upon you and interested in finding out how Sarah feels, where she is and where she thinks she might be going from here. But I want to hear from both of you about this whole thing before we open up the lines. Is that OK, Bill? Sounds good. I'm ready. Well, I just, one concern I had just at the end of that letter, it's only his signature. And it's like, we don't even technically know who else was sitting in that meeting. You know, wouldn't you think that there'd be more signatures at the end of that letter if it was a unified decision by the people in the meeting? Like, we actually still don't know who actually was in the meeting. And I found that kind of interesting that was there even a meeting? Because I don't see a single other name or a signature. Yeah. Is this just a complete scam? I mean, yeah, why wouldn't it be? Extra little note there. Sorry to add that on, but that's just something that I noticed. But You know, like during halftime of the football game, just dash off a letter and sign it. Forget to put it in the mail until you're reminded. <laughs> yeah. Um. So when we got this letter last night, uh, Meet Your Redden, I mean, for the record, a lot of people kind of say like, well, if Sarah's so heartbroken, why is she laughing all the time? And just to clarify, guys, it is... Um, there are some humorous things about this, but it also is a major coping mechanism. And also, if anyone's gone through this process, uh, you feel a tsunami, you know, avalanche of emotions, and they're not always predictable, and they don't always um, come when you expect them to come. And because even still now, even though I've had months to prepare for this excommunication letter, when Mitya got it yesterday, I mean, my first response was kind of joking with some friends that we were with, um, saying, oh, it's kind of like a mission call. Like, where is he going to go? You know, like, should we have like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, polls on if he's in or out? Like, who's taking, you know, because you do that with mission call, right? Like, where are they going to go? We were joking, right? But as he read it, there were so many things that were triggering that letter, whether it was about the fairness of the meeting or not just like his standing with the membership, but his standing with the Lord as if this person has ever met the Lord and can speak for him. I mean, that was just so disgusting to me. That was honestly like the, the most sickening part of the whole letter was that they were saying that they're going to discuss his standing with the Lord. I mean, it's just, to me, that was just too much. Um, but when they actually, when Mita actually read the part where they said that his membership is discontinued or what, however it's worded, basically confirming, yes, you've been excommunicated and it's active. It's, you know, effective immediately just that hit me right then you know even though i had months to prepare for this it's like wow this 
because like I said in my letter initially to the state president, this is not just about him losing his membership. This is about the guy I'm sealed to, right? Like this is so like it is actually it hit me that like these guys, I don't know, just terminate, just basically gave my marriage a celestial divorce, like eternal divorce. Like I'm no longer sealed. I'm no, no longer sealed. And people I've had people say, well, if you don't believe it anymore, Sarah, then why do you even care? And it's like, it's a really good question, but it's a completely heartless question because you don't understand. I can be processing my beliefs right now. And even though I don't feel comfortable with the temple and um, I know that some people viewing are way in a different position than I am. They're like, how can you even be considering that? It's just, but it's still such a deep part of me that I'm still processing it. And it's just like, they, they took that away from me without me being able to choose for myself if that's what I'm going to terminate. And it just seems, it, it, it just, I can't wrap my head around it still. I'm still trying to process. So it's going to take time to, for me to feel exactly, to know how I feel about all this, but it definitely is kind of um, like a dream. Like someone did something of such like major importance to my entire life. And I had no say in it. It's like, I can't believe that I'm saying the words, oh, my husband's been excommunicated. Oh, I'm no longer sealed to my husband. It's just like, I thought I had processed that, but I haven't, you know, and sometimes I'll laugh to just kind of get myself through it. But there's definitely moments where you're just, you feel lost because you're like, how did they, you know, it can open a whole nother thing. Why do you even have, you know, councils in general, but the fact that he couldn't even be there, it's just, I am just, I'm still processing it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's not so black and white as people think it should be just because, oh, well, they've left already. Why are they like even upset about it? It's like, this should be our decision as a married couple if we're going to terminate that temple marriage and someone else that I don't even know just did it for us. And it happened a week and a half ago and I didn't even know it. It's just like unreal. So I'm, and, yeah, go ahead. And still after all this communication that Sarah has with, with Brian, right? She gets dismissed again. There's not a single thing mentioned about my wife, my family in this letter, excommunication letter, right? I mean, it's like 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 you wipe you wipe her off the table, like in a second. She doesn't even exist. Like her life, her church life is her identity. Like this is <laughs> I can't even understand that. Like I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to come closer to my wife. Like, you know, trying to feel through her because it's way easier for me. I had life before joining the church. I, you know, I, I give 13, 14 years to this organization. See, it's all rotten, right? Like it's lies upon lies, deceits upon deceits. And it's clear for me, like it's one plus one equals two, right? I am out of here. And I'm jeopardizing everything. And Sarah goes off and she comes, you know, she steps in front because she's hurt the most by my actions of like not doing this anymore. And it's just ridiculous because we have to remember ourselves. Why is all, why do we have this podcast, these two shows, right? It's because of me addressing the 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 not the membership the leadership in the first place my concerns were dismissed like this right i was good for 14 years being tapped on my back the best leader this that you know we're part we're building the church in slovenia 
it's in one second they kick you out like a dog right and then and they turn all the fingers on you right like it's just well you did this to yourself said a um you know a missionary an, an elder missionary who served in slovenia we still remain good friends you know but he texted me today he said like you know it it's not him doing this it's not them doing this to you did this to yourself and i'm like thinking i didn't even respond what do i respond to this like what i cannot i can't address christ and what's wrong in the church of jesus christ the only true church on on the planet are you freaking kidding me what are we like what what is the game here so you know it's done they did their part as i said you do your part i'll do my part I'll fight for my family. I'll fight for my wife. She's a huge hero to me and such an inspiration to people outside now. I think outside. she's a hero to a lot of people in our audience too. Outside this freaking box, right? Like that keeps being sealed for those and, and they want to stay in and, and have the recipe how to go celestial. Keep being yeah. there. Good luck. We love you where you're at. But you know what? We're, I'm not playing this game anymore. Hey, Misha, we're going to open the lines yes. for calls here. I'm going to give you like a 60-second timeout. I'll take you off the screen. So, Misha, you can do anything you want to, um, you know, freshen up. Sarah, too. Here you go. We'll see you back in 60 seconds, though. Don't go anywhere, okay? So we're going to open up the phone lines now. You can call the show. We have a huge bank. It holds, I think, three phone calls. We show no preference in the calls that we take, although many people think that we do. But we've got them fooled. Don't we, Bill? We have no preference at all. Uh, and that's serious. They just come in the way they come in. And we do our best to um, let the first, I think it's the first person who calls in, right? They get in the line. Is that right, Bill? I do them generally in order. Yes, Maven. So there's a, a few people in the chat who have said that technically Sarah is still sealed, even though there's not another person. I, I don't know. I just so I just thought I'd I'd bring it up and see if anyone knows. So so Tim is a, a regular commenter, um, and and he shared that he Tim was Russell. excommunicated in two thousand one. Yeah, two thousand one. Um, but his wife could not get her sealing. The presidency, the first presidency, is who usually will cancel a sealing. It has to, which is the top. It has to go all the way to the top leadership of the church. But she couldn't until she got engaged. And he said it took her about 20 years for her to actually get her ceiling to him canceled, even though he was excommunicated. I don't know, Bill, if you remember anything from the handbook about that, or or maybe there might be more comments from other, um, yeah, of our commenters who have experience with this. I, I was just curious about that. Technically, there is no ceiling because it's all make-believe. So there's not a ceiling. But There's no ceiling to be canceled. But in church terms, yes. I mean, the ceiling stays in place. Because that's a separate ordinance that's recorded, and there has to be a temple ceiling to get rid of that. Even when one spouse has left the church, there still is a process to write the first presidency and get it canceled. You mean they're still I, sealed? How can they still be sealed when he's not a member? I don't know. I, I just want to say, like, even if that is true, and maybe maybe Sarah would agree, maybe we could give her an answer. But I don't think that actually helps any if she's technically, so because he's not going to be there. So really what that means, if she still technically got her ceiling, is basically that she'll be reassigned to somebody else in the mm -hmm. afterlife. We all know that that's what that means. Mm -hmm. So yes, it's say you're still sealed, not to him, oh, but you'll get a righteous guy somewhere. God will clean it all up. Sarah said something earlier about like getting a mission call when they got the letter that excommunicated Misha. And I thought, 
Oh, yes, here's what it says. You have been called to serve in the Outer Darkness mission. Okay, that's what his said. That was the mission call for Amicia. We're going to put you back on the screen, okay? You you love birds, so quit kissing back there, okay? Meet Here you, you go. What the game was. The game is... There they are. Oh, no. Oh, no. Look, hey, this is a PG show, guys. Okay. There Here, we go. Here's Here we the go. It's wrong to criticize leaders of the church, even if the criticism is true. That's That's the game. And it's too often true. That's the problem. Yeah, it is. It's 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 true more often than it should be. <laughs> these guys, these guys are awful. You know, I wouldn't cross the street to shake these guys' hands. No, or buy an Edsel. <laughs> and I certainly wouldn't be, you know, donating millions of dollars because one of the apostles called me up on the phone and said, "Hey, would you please donate to Tim Ballard and OUR?" And by the way. The last thing, the last thing, and the last shoe to drop maybe is as bad as that is, Bill. Excuse me, we'll get back to you folks here in a second. <laughs> as bad as that is, the only thing I think that could make it worse is if Elder Ballard really is a silent partner. And what he's doing is using his office as apostle to ask wealthy Mormons, who he knows they're wealthy, he's never met them before because he looks up their tithing, they're millionaires. They pay a bunch of tithing. They're easy to identify. Call them up. Say, hey, I want you to help out and donate to this organization because I think it's a really good organization without ever once mentioning that any donations to that organization are going to benefit you, the apostle, financially. And that's remember, the only thing that could make it worse. And I think that's the last shoe that will drop. I'm sorry, yeah. Bill. No, I think you're onto something because if everybody remembers, and you know this very well, there is a for-profit side of OUR, which Elder Ballard is the silent partner on in which if he were to funnel high paying tithing donors from the LDS church to the for-profit side of the OUR's uh, other organization, some of that profit comes back to him directly. And he may actually end up getting more funds doing that than what he gets from working for the LDS church. Mm -hmm. And that's a considerable sum already. Now, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We got off on another subject. That's what happened, happens when you kids start making out in the backseat. So, Misha and Sarah, let's open up the phone lines. Do we have the phone lines open? I didn't even give the number. It's 662-667-6667 or 662-MORMONS with an S. And you shouldn't and we, have to be told that. We do. I think maybe even this first caller might be, uh, let's see here. Is Sally? Brian. Please be Brian. I wish. Sally, are you there? Hello? Mm, let me try something. Is this Sally Rogers? There is no Sally. Let me let me try putting it back. Hey, my sister. Just a second. Let me try. Oh, you have a sister named Sally? Hmm. Let's try this again. Hmm. Sally, are Hello? you there? There you are. I got gotcha. you. I'm here. Go ahead, my friend. Hi. You're on. Hi. Hi. So, Hi, Sally. Um, <laughs> how's it going? <laughs> Meet you. So, this is your I, life. I want to first say that <laughs> I'm so sorry that this happened to you. This is one of the most infuriating stories I've heard, and I've heard a lot. Um, but I'm an anthropologist, and one of the things that I kind of wanted to say and have been wanting to say is that there's this thing that we do. I'm sure you've heard of scapegoating, but scapegoating is like a really specific thing. So when people in a community 
feel unwell or uneasy about something. Scapegoating is a way of kind of putting those like so-called sins on somebody and casting them out. It's a really typical thing that you see in a lot of communities. And to me, that's what I see here. So it's not necessarily like we don't like Mita, but it's Mita is kind of voicing these concerns that we're all sort of starting to see. And we have to get rid of them to, you know, solve our own like internal turmoil over it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's just what I see when I hear you tell the story and the way that people treated you and gave you no voice. It just, that's what it sounds like to me. And I'm really sorry again that that happened to you. Sally, how do you know me, and Sarah? We don't. I don't. You don't know each other? No. <clears throat> I was. Oh my gosh. Really? You sounded like a Sally we know. <laughs> This is wonderful. Oh, really? This is this is Mormonism oh, like bringing people together. There we go. <laughs> Sally, thank you so know? much. Thank you so much for calling. I just thought the way you addressed them, you were old friends. That's wonderful. And Sally, you're an anthropologist? I am. Remind me sometime, because I'd like to talk to you about these prehensile toes of mine. I don't quite understand what's going on, and maybe you can help me with that. I'm guessing it's more cultural anthropology and not physical. Oh, well. No, I do cultural I anthropology, but actually the work that I do is is largely a cross between cultural and physical. So believe it or not, I have actually taught some bio as well. So I could certainly talk to you about your prehensile toes. Thank you, because my, <laughs> my ancestors came down from the trees not that long ago. Oh, well, you know. We all have our timeline. <laughs> <laughs> My time is now. All right. Thank you so much, Sally. Who's up next, Bill? Thank you. Next Sally. call is, I believe, maybe a David. David, are you there? I am. Good, my friend. I want to say that Nietzsche and Sarah are my heroes. Yeah. And I'd like to know what someone that hasn't been kicked out of the Mormon church yet on there for holding up a mirror and I like Sally's expression of scapegoating. Mm. I want to know what we can do to magnify this case and show a larger larger audience what really happens, how this all comes down like this. This is amazing. It's a great question, David, and I'm going to give it over to the tech expert, Bill, to explain to you and the audience how you can best share this episode. Yeah, the easiest way to do that would be to go onto our YouTube channel, find this episode right below the video screen of the episode. There's going to be a share button. Hit that share button and uh, it'll copy a link essentially that you can paste anywhere you'd like. Uh, And we'd love it if you posted that on social media, uh, your favorite social media platform. And you can also uh, like the video, give it a thumbs up and also subscribe to the channel. That also helps uh, the algorithm so that more people see the content and this being the latest episode will be the one that would be shown most recently to people. Maven, David, are you still there? I'm I'm thinking, yeah, I I am. I'm thinking of, is there some way that we could uh, collectively come back with a a statement to, to the um, first council or what, whoever you have to go to and sign a petition to say how wrong this is. Well, David, here's the thing. If you write a petition to the church, I'm sorry, David, if you write a petition to the church, they don't care. They use it for toilet paper. If you write a petition and it gets published in the paper and the church doesn't have it taken down through a misuse of their ecclesiastical power in the state of Utah, then they care. That's all they care about is bad press, bad publicity. That's the only thing that history shows. 
has the ability to move them in any kind of right direction. Mm. Amen. David, are you still there? Did I talk you to death? I'm sorry. I, I think you cut me off, but I'm not sure. Okay. Well, I probably did. But do you see what I mean? So anything that's public, like this episode or sharing it with other people, that's the thing that ultimately the church doesn't like. But if you're just writing petitions to the church, they don't care. That's like why I told Mitya, you got a good grounds to appeal, but why bother? Because they're just going to rubber stamp it anyway. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Thank you so much. Thank you, David. I appreciate your love and um, desire to help fight for us. It really means a lot because some people we feel we have felt abandoned a bit. So to have such a beautiful community reach out to us through here, it's just been a beautiful gift. So thank you so much, David, for that and to everyone else. Yeah, yes. thank you, David. Our uh, final call of the night, I believe, is Marzipan. And I'm probably saying that wrong. Uh, are you there? I'm here. Will you, Can you hear me? Yeah. Will you say the name for us? Marzipan. Your guess is as good as mine. It's completely. Marzipan. It's Marzipan Crabopolis. It's a made up name. Please You're the sister ahead. of the yeah, teacher of the is. Simpsons. My, my completely made up name. Um, <laughs> now, I just wanted to say what real heroes you both are. I wish I could just hug you. I can see, you know, the pain in your face, but also just what genuine people you are and what integrity that you have. Um, it's just, it, it gives me chills. You guys are amazing. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I wanted to maybe give you a little bit of perspective um, because you're so right in the middle of this right now. And I went through my faith crisis about 25 years ago and left the church. Um, so I resigned from the church in 2000. So now it's, it's 23 years since mm -hmm. I've been involved in the church. Um, mm -hmm. And of course, I still have family that is, is members and so on. But I just want to give you down the line, there will be a time where things feel okay again and feel good again. And where you, you know, that relationship with God and the eternities has, has worked itself out into something that you're comfortable with and that you are, are happy and, and feel secure in. And I know that you, you know, are not feeling that right now because you've been put through all of this trauma and you've been, you know, really treated unkindly. And I know a lot of us are like laughing at some of the things, making jokes about it, yeah. but you're maybe not there in feeling that, but you will get to a point where you feel okay about everything again. And that, you know, there is hope on the other end of that where, you know, you, you, you're not living in pain with this anymore. It will, That's that will. So happen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Marzipan. Thanks. And I'll even go one further than Marzipan. Is that what it, Oh, sorry. Thank you. Love you. Thank you. Now it's the dating game. Mwah. I just can't. That's for you, Marzipan, over there in Germany. 
<laughs> with your luscious sugar and almond confections. Okay. So um, I, I don't remember where I was going to go with that, but we've reached the end of our show. We've had our three callers taken in no, no order at all, except those who called in first. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you, Misha and Sarah, for being on our show again. I'm sorry that this is what happened. And I remembered I'll one up Marzipan and say, not only will you get back to where you were, you're going to go to places you never even thought were possible. I mean, you can you imagine life without having to be under the authority of an absolute like President Morgan? Crazy. Yeah. That um, alone, that alone improves things 500%. And you'll be able to see that as time goes by. Now, do you want to respond to that? Because I'm about ready to close out the show. Everybody, hit like, please hit like, hit subscribe. You don't want to miss any of these episodes, and it helps us with the algorithm. Leave a comment, even if it just says, I'm leaving a comment. That's all that we need to help, all right? And we're interested in reading what you have to say if you have anything more to say than just, I'm leaving a comment. Um, okay, so, Sarah, Misha, final word. Uh, just... Thank you for having us. I think that um, in my experience, all of this um, was really scary to just come out and be public about this, especially when it's like so right in the moment. But I've found that um, it's actually kind of traumatic to have to relive it every time you have to explain it again to people. And I'm afraid because of the Kurt McConkie letter, this is going to keep coming up in our life because we can leave but the church isn't leaving us alone because of the current McConkie letter. So it's still going to come up socially. Like when we can't go to an event with to explain ourselves. So unfortunately I feel like that's in our future to keep having to face this over and over to explain why we can't be certain places um, when people invite us um, as it's already happened. But I am just really grateful for these podcasts. Not only have we found a beautiful community, but also um, it saves us having to relive it so many times because if someone's interested, we can just say, just go listen if you're really wanting to know what happened. And then mm. the podcast serves itself and it serves us and not having to emotionally go through it all, all over again. And I'm hoping that the second podcast can help bring some closure. Mm. Um, and like, you know, we're all in this transition journey going through things, but I just want to say like, I genuinely do thank God that I've gone through this faith crisis i call it a faith journey because i don't think it's much of a crisis but it's been a faith journey over these last two years because if i was where i was at a year and a half ago and this happened yesterday and i was still feeling those ways like this would be earth shattering this would i mean it could potentially cause a divorce if i was still fully believing you know like i'm still processing my beliefs but at least i'm not fully in the way i was before because if that was the case like seeing that this you know the ceiling is broken or however we want to look at it just the fact that he's excommunicated it's like that could have destroyed our family. And that's actually really painful to realize that they are aware of that. <laughs> and so I just, honestly, I'm still painting my picture of God. I'll always be searching for my creator. And I just thank God that I am where I'm at right now, or else this would have been ex exponentially more difficult. So thank you for all y'all's love. It's been, it means so much to us. So, yeah. Not to repeat, Sarah, thank you guys for doing what you're doing. Thank you for your journeys because ours is ours and it's a special one and it's bringing us closer together. And it's in the end, in the end of the day, like it's, it's just life, right? Like it's just em embrace it. Like just take it. Like we know there's, you know, ups and downs and, and this is just one, 
one down that goes into a next up yeah and and it's it's a joke this church is a joke that's how i would end this i love every single soul i met in church outside church i love people i will continue to love people everyone's where they're at like for a reason but this church as an institution with all of these manly works like there's no god leading this church you gotta know that there there's men crippled mentally hard disabled people leading this church for their image for their money for their status and, and to saying themselves how how important they are to filling up their egos yeah. i'm sorry this is it this is for me this is what i found out on this journey and i'm saying thank you i'm stepping off this train and thank you for helping me brian yeah. By the way, you saying the church is a joke, it, it's good because now you get to laugh as loud as you want. Yeah. Exactly. You can. He's there a lot easier than me. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say, and this will be my last one, I am grateful for Mika's courage to do these things that were so hard for me to see him do in the beginning, so hard. But if he would have not had the courage to do these things that are so not the norm, I would have never seen these true colors come out of this place. And so as hard as it's been, I'm so grateful for what Miti has done because it's like, it would have never happened with me. I would have never done that. <laughs> so very, very nice. I might write a letter, right? But he he is actually the one that stood up in front of everyone and, and, and tried to do what was right. And yeah. So. Let's put it this way. You're a great team. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and with that, we're going to have to consign you to outer darkness for your mission call. Has directed you to report, Misha. And uh, thanks so much again for coming on the show and leaving you now. Good luck to you. Stay in touch, okay? Bye, everybody. Bye -bye, everybody. All the best. Okay. All right. Wow. What a story, Bill. What do you think, my friend? That's, uh, they are both, both brave. I mean, they both confronted really unhealthy people priesthood lead you know a priesthood leader in the church yes. in general uh, kudos to to both of them absolutely absolutely sometimes you got to be like what is it uh sarah at the end of the labyrinth when she tells jareth the goblin king you have no power over me no. everybody thanks for showing up please go if the spirit moves you to the uh donate place on the web page on mormonismlive.org where you can click the donate button and make a donation to Mormonism Live. Thank you to everybody who already donates. We really appreciate it. We couldn't do this without you. And now yeah. Bill wants to once again promo. He's very excited about next week's show, I can tell this, because I he's gonna promo it yet again. Unless, is this deja vu or did you do this at the beginning of the show too? I did, I just wanna make sure I remind people, bring your rum, your whiskey, your vodka, it's going to be a fun little drinking game we're going to have. You don't have to drive home from here. No, no, no. Everybody should drink responsibly for sure. I'll be the nope. designated driver. Uh, have a designated driver. All those things that you should have in a in a promo about a drinking game. So next week, right, voice right. from the dust, the life and a sad ending. Sad <laughs> ending of Moroni. I see all these crazy things that come up in the YouTube feed. The life and sad ending of Dennis the Menace. The life and sad ending of George Jetson. And, um, you know, I got to find out what happened to George. What happened to George Jetson? I haven't seen him around lately. Yeah, He's not working. Video, but before so, you. <laughs> until next week. Okay, 620 Mountain Time. Next Wednesday, same bat time, 
same bat channel. Good night, everybody. Mormonism live. Better than touching your own little factory.